Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine podcast. Remember, you can hear the show from 4 to 7 on 95.5 WSB and follow the doctrine on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter for even more content. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at this point, the show is no longer governed by the edicts of the FCC, which means that probably Autumn will get things going with really filthy talk, and then we'll join in. So if you have children in the car with you or around you, uh, things are going to change at this point, or maybe not, but they could. You need to know that they could. Uh, my wife, and I said, he's in Sarasota, and after all those years, she, she just right there, she picked up the telephone book, and there he was. All those years. I've been going down there. <laughs> if I just would have opened the phone book, how I would long have seen his been name. married at that point? Uh, I don't think he was married. He was uh, cohabitating. I don't know if he was married. And how long? He had a you kid. Married? Me, Jane, and I have been together since '87, and this was '92 uh, or something like that. But we didn't get. We've been together all 36, 37 years, but we've only been married about 25. There was never a second lunch. A lot of living in sin. Uh, there were other phone yeah. calls and stuff like that, but um, no, we never got together again. Understood. Although I have I have uh, spoken on the phone to a sister that I have never met. Oh, wow. Once, and, wow. Uh, and I'm in contact with her, but I'm not real great about that. But then again, you know, my what I say is, uh, well, the sister that I've known all my life, I'm not very good at uh, staying in contact with so i think it's a, i think it's a kind of a guy thing i think the guys are probably worse about staying in contact women well traditionally been better i don't know now with face social media i think nobody really has an excuse not to stay in some sort of contact with people that they claim to be you know within that inner circle of, of family and friends and loved ones but hey um yeah. by the welcome. way by the way well, i'm sorry go ahead oh, i was, I was gonna do that welcome thing. I, was thing gonna, I was gonna add something to that but go ahead do your thing do your thing do your thing and get it over. Welcome, one and all, to the Von Hessler Doctrine Pre-Show 30, the podcast that industry insiders laud as too small to fail. They raise their fingers with those air quotes when they do that. Uh, we're here with Mr. Lovable and Huggable Eric Von Hessler and, uh, uh, let's see, all vegetable uh, George Clark. I don't know why I said that. Hmm. And uh, I'm your host, Stefan Pappas. Just seems like you should also have something more than just doctrinaire. It should be like, uh, you know, natural and all vegetable. Uh, okay. you know, something along those lines. Organic, plant based, plant based, Organic. plant based, plant based. There you <laughs> go. Yes, George Clark. <laughs> yes, and I'm I'm uh, actually uh, genetically engineered Stephen mm-hmm. Pappas. So there you go. Yeah, what I was going to say is that uh, the problem with, and I'm not on these social media sites. Although Facebook, I I sort of I leave it, but it's not really gone. Sometimes I can get it to go into dormant mode. I'm a little worried that I got photos or something. I don't want everything to go away. I haven't really gone in there and looked. In reality, mm-hmm. if I'm not looking ever, do I really care or whatever? But there is a little bit of Facebook there. But um, the good outside of all the main reasons that I'm not on social media that I've gone through a bunch of times, there's also this. I don't. There's certain people from the past that I don't want getting in touch with me, and it's not even that horrible. It's just like, yeah, hey, I don't want somebody getting in touch with me. Like, hey, are you the kid that was eating your boogers in exactly. uh, kindergarten? You know, like I don't, I don't need that guy deciding to catch up. School day enemies. Yeah, I don't. All of that sort of. Hey, man, I just want to let you know I'm older and wiser now. And hey, you know what? So am I, and I don't care. <laughs> if you're still thinking about what happened in third grade, <laughs> that's on you. It never passes through my mind. So uh, that's the danger. That's the danger. Is that uh, do you ever go looking uh, for people that you can barely remember? I mean, just like I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about your best friend 
in when you were oh, 14. Yeah. But I mean, you ever go looking for people who were just like part of your crew, but not real close? And it's usually. I'm going to answer that. Yes. I'm going to answer that because there was, there was this crew that I hung around with in, in high school. And it was a close knit group of, there was five of us, right? And that's a good number, by the way. Sure. Um, and, uh, and, and one of them, I, I thought, this is around the time of my uh, 20th high school reunion. And, uh, and I, I got on Facebook specifically to look for people that I might be meeting up with at the reunion because I didn't want that sort of cold, awkward moment of sort of speaking for the first time because most people had been, you know, sort of having the conversation. I reached out to Bruce and, uh, and just said, hey, you know, it's definitely he remembered me. Uh, and, uh, and then he wrote me an email and the email was like six paragraphs. Uh, long paragraphs, mm-hmm. basically catching me up on 20 years. And I was so overwhelmed with that much information coming at me. I'm thinking, well, I've got to respond in kind. Right. Uh, I never, I, it's like, okay, when am I going to sit down and do this? And basically 10 years went past. I, I never, never responded did. to him. <laughs> I just felt like an ass, I'm an absolute yeah. jerk that I never did this because he put so much energy into this. Yeah. And uh, and then when I finally did say uh, hi or, or, or say anything by email, which was over 10 years later, I never got a response. Of course. And also, yeah, on Facebook, he, he undid me or whatever. Really? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, really you know, I just, offended this guy. I know, by not doing anything. And so, yeah, there's yeah. that too. You're right. There's a lot of downside to, there's an, just an expectation that if you're contactable on social media, that somehow you're going to engage at some level. And if you choose not to, then you're out. You're in the cold. You're, you're definitely yeah. in the desert. So it's weird. It's best. So it's best just to be able to say, ah, I'm not one of those social media people. Then you don't you don't have to worry yeah. about if you if, you know less engagement with the world does yeah. equal less obligations. Now I'm not saying that I believe it's possible to live through this world without having any obligations. Not if you're a decent person. There are people who are going to depend upon you from time to time, and uh, and all of that. So I, I don't. But I do think it's a good idea to try to live your life in such a way that you don't keep on gathering more and more and more obligations. And the more people that you are intimately involved with in their lives or, you know, you can't be everybody's confidant. You end up like Jared Yamamoto going to a wedding and a birthday every weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you're so busy. Yeah, he's like, he travels like a politician. He's always in a campaign. He and his wife never have a weekend where there isn't something. Obviously, he enjoys it, but somebody like us might not. Exactly. If you enjoy it and you want to be, you know, listen, if you want to go on Carnival Cruises for (laughs) three times a year, go go get it. I can't imagine being stuck out at sea with thousands of strangers. That yeah. freaks me out. So uh, I got a, a, another story about getting in contact through social media, actually through email. This is before Facebook. That is it's a similar kind of trajectory, but it's, it's worth telling. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy that I, I worked with, one of my first jobs. And we worked together for, gosh, three years. Uh, and uh, it was a second shift job. So there was like only four of us on the shift. Uh, and, you know, so we, we got pretty close. And uh, but, you know, usual sort of thing, you know, it was a college type job. College ended. We went our separate ways and really hadn't been in contact. Well, I posted something on a I think it was a Star Trek kind of bulletin board. He saw my name there, reached out to me. Is this you? Yeah, it is. And we started some email conversation just back and forth. How you doing? What you know, that kind of thing. What's your job sort of stuff? Now, this is about six months before I got married. And for anybody who's new to this podcast, my wife is of Chinese descent. Right. So there's, there's no doubt. You know, Aust- looking at her, yes. her maiden name is Wong. She is of Chinese descent. And yes. there's, there's just no getting around to that. So uh, so this is about six months that we're having this conversation before I, I'm you know, going to tie the knot with my wife. And, uh, and in, in his conversation with me, 
he reveals that he'd gotten married uh, recently, and and his wife's name was I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but something like uh, you, know, you know Sally Chen, right, right. So there's something that we have in common, right? Because he's married to somebody at least of Chinese descent, if not from China. And this is now my sense of humor, right? Because mm -hmm. I know that in six months, I'm going to be sharing with him my wedding announcement that shows my getting married to Diane Wong. So I write to him in this email. I say, I understand that you're married to Sally Chen. And I've got to tell you that I think that interracial marriage oh, goes, no. against God's, goes against God's plan for us. And, and, and it's an affront. And, and he didn't respond. But that's OK, because it's a joke grenade. It's going to go off in six months when I send him the wedding announcement. If he, he opens it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it, once again, just like the situation with Bruce, I, I haven't had any communication. with him Shocking. <laughs> that was the end. My we're, goodness we're gracious. I got canceled. I, I canceled. <laughs> That's a long run. You were looking for a six-month buildup for that punchline? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, the time. that I'm, is, I'm, I'm that's a long time. That's a long time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't blame your friend or your old friend no, or your enemy no, no now. No longer, yeah. <laughs> Whoever. <laughs> friend. No, I, I can't either. And I've tried reaching out to him several different ways. Look for him on Facebook. So I mean, no. And I know the, the thing is that your wife is uh, Chinese descent. Her parents are Chinese, lived, you know, she was born in Australia, though, right? They had moved to Australia. Right. They're so both she, immigrants from China to, to Australia. Australia. Yeah. So she grew up uh, in Australia. And I remember a long time ago, um, you put her on the phone. I hadn't met her. I had not met her. So whenever this was, whatever, wherever in the 90s this was, um, you would put her on the phone for a moment. And I just, when she was done, I just thought, oh, she must be some, you know, redheaded yeah yeah like she just like, yeah. sounded <laughs> like every you know sort of cartoon stereotype of on the, Bobby. the woman from australia and uh and uh when i met her she could have been uh wonderful and lovely but could have been more different than what the <laughs> picture that in my head so she she uh very much uh you can tell that she has chinese descent but when she starts speaking it, I, it must confuse people sometimes because we just don't see that a lot. That's a mixture. Chinese, Australia, that's obviously it's happened a lot. I'm sure that her parents were part of a greater sort of movement at whatever time towards Australia. But um, it's just not something that you come across very often. Chinese, Australia mix. No, you don't. And with the new last name because she took my. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Wait a minute. You, broke, you went away there for a moment. So yeah. the new last name. Because she took my last name. Right. If somebody talks to her on the phone, it's even more confusing, right? Because yeah, they, they Greek, see her as like, you know, it's, no. We, it's a Greek well. last name. Chinese <laughs> descent, accent. Australian accent. <laughs> yeah. She really is the United Nations for such a small person, for such a, yeah. a what well, I would do, it's the diminutive person. She has yes. the whole United Nations living inside of her. Right, right there. Which yeah. is uh, good. Which, uh, she, we need to put her on the process. We need to get her out there for uh, campaigning for peace. Yes. Right next to Greta Thunberg, who I think is slightly taller. <laughs> Maybe an inch at the most. Maybe. Uh, speaking of Greeks, I got to tell you, yeah, I, I get, most of the time that I'm with my parents, because, uh, again, people who know, who listen, know that, that this week I'm spending it with my 90 plus year old parents. And uh, Wait, you, know, you have 90 parents? <laughs> you have, have more 90 than 90 plus. parents. 90 plus. That's yeah, a lot. Over. Yeah, the parentage is all questionable. They all claim me. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, so wouldn't? my parents who are in their 90s, uh, no, who are stuck in the 90s, no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, this was actually a moment of joy. Most of the time, I'm just kind of frustrated because it's like aging and you're like, I don't want this to ever happen to me. And they're confused a lot and stuff. But I had this moment of joy, absolute joy. Yesterday evening, we're sitting at the dinner table. It's just the three of us. We've got the TV on in the kitchen. They were watching the evening news and uh, they do a story uh, about Taylor Swift. And mom leans over to me and she says, that woman on the TV, uh, who is she? <laughs> and and, and I, I thought to myself, oh, how wonderful. <laughs> how wonderful it is to be you. Yes. You know what? I would tell you, but I don't want to ruin what is already an obviously perfectly serene life you're living. I, I, I will hold it. Did you tell her? She's very fa- Did you say that uh, they're the Beatles, mom? <laughs> I, I said, uh, I think she's a singer. Oh, you acted, you, you played dumb. <laughs> I think she's a singer. Nah. Yeah. yeah. You know, in her circle of friends, her not knowing is not going to hold her back in the least. No. So. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. So um, she will not be going to see the uh, Taylor Swift movie. Is that what I'm, I could pretty much, you ought to take them. You know, she would fall asleep. There. No, <laughs> she wouldn't, asleep. because if you see what's going on in the crowd, these people are insane. Yeah. These people are They're nuts. They're cultish. standing up and and like they're at a show and and they're like doing what they do at a show, right? They yeah. sing. Uh, they yeah. I I I just can't. Uh, I can't. I can't. And of course, if I was there, I wouldn't want somebody in the row in front of me because it's a theater standing up. Well, that's the whole know, thing. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. I, uh, that reminds me. So we went and saw that movie. Um, now I can't stop making, making sense. sense. And it's the uh, Talking Heads concert movie. Somebody told me that they had gone to that sh- a showing of that at uh, the Plaza. And the whole theater was up and dancing and stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god! Thank God we weren't at that show." Man, oh man, I was, uh, I was uh, one of the times that I saw that in its original release. Like I told you, I, saw, I went to see it like ten times with different people, and uh, one time there was a guy, and he was just he was standing up. He's like in the fourth row, and he was not only dancing and singing, but he was yelling. Like at the backup singers, like "That's right, Brown Sugar, you let it." It's like yelling. And I just got up and I left. And I went to the guy and I said, "Look, I want to come back and see it again, but if you're not going to do anything about that, I'm." And I'd seen the movie like six yeah. times already, so if anybody <laughs> yeah. should be, but and I was I was worse back then about, especially watching music, listening to music. Anybody could get on my nerves by by anything. Now, I mean, I, I moved through that and it like, became more like, well, that's part of live experiences. People are going to be talking and people, I mean, Mike, well, Stefan, you know, when we went to see Roger Waters, was that last year, the year before? Um, uh, things happened so fast. It was last year. Um, it was last year. That, if, if, if I had a couple of criticisms, one of them would be for State Farm Arena and its acoustics, it was a bit too loud. Mm. It, was, it was painfully loud at times. Yeah. And um, still, there was a guy two rows behind me who was not going to accept defeat. He had things to say, and he he took Roger Waters' level of volume as a challenge. And yeah. for our little section, that dude won. Wow. He managed to be louder than uh, a concert that I would have gone backstage. He could bring it back just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so... Just, and I remember that too. And I remember, you know, I hate having to put any energy into, okay, I'm going to choose not to be annoyed. 
because yeah. that that oh, is itself yeah. a level of energy and yeah. I, I have to like channel this inner zen that says okay that's happening over there but that's over there and i'm going to keep my focus there but you can't just block out that noise and I just have no idea why people don't have any sort of self-awareness, not just there, but also in movies when people yell at the screen, you know, I, I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm just befuddled, completely befuddled by that kind of behavior. I, yeah. And then there's, there's people like my wife screen. who sometimes will respond the way you're supposed to, but in the, but too much. Like my <laughs> wife will laugh way she too no loud filter. at comedies. I don't go to comedies with my wife. Because she laughs like she's in her own room. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's like, we are with other people. Okay, you're responding that way, but let's not ruin it for everybody else. She doesn't, she does not give a damn. And then the other way, I'll never forget. I don't know if you ever see this movie, Life is Beautiful. It was big yes. at the time, right? Yep. And uh, Holocaust is, it's uh, poignant and good. Mm. Uh, uh, and you can go look at it. And, and the, all that. the main uh, but, character won Best Actor, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. And, but at the very end, there's a tragic ending. I won't ruin it. And my wife started crying loudly as if somebody had punched her in the face. Like it wasn't movie crying. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was like it was just my. <laughs> I was like, "All right, exactly. I know comedies <laughs> and tragedies." As long as it's not yeah. one of those two, I, I can only go to movies that I know that we're both gonna only mildly enjoy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's I got, uh, if you can believe this, I got called out by Diane, and I had no idea I was doing this. It was a community theater. It was a play, something I hadn't seen before. I wish I could remember the name of the show, but it was a comedy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my mind working the way it does, our minds do, I saw the jokes coming and I laughed. I wasn't realizing that I was doing it, but several times I laughed. During the setup, knowing oh, what no, the, the joke was, was coming, right? But you know, out of respect, it's like, oh, that's funny, and I would start to laugh, and then the punchline would come, and the rest of the audience would laugh. But I wasn't. And afterwards, she said, "You embarrassed me." What? How, when did I do that? I just didn't catch myself doing it. Yeah. And See, that was that was really bad. And that that's why awful. you have to take those moments of stupidity that we all experience, and when you look at other people and wonder why, it's just that that happens with them a lot more, a lot more often. <laughs> you know, it's like those those dumb things that we later go, "Oh yeah, I can see that. I was acting like an idiot." Um, most people just don't. I don't know about most people, but. There's enough for every theater, that's for sure, because <laughs> it's very rare that – I mean, when's the last time I went to a concert where there wasn't that guy? But then again, you know, concerts are not what they used to be to begin with. I think some of this is encouraged by – there's too much luxury at rock concerts. Yeah. I mean, it was like years ago I saw Springsteen when it was called Phillips Arena, and I couldn't believe that before the show people had like – and they didn't bring them into the building with them. They got them there. Like one guy is eating a, a mini pizza from Pizza Hut, and another dude's got uh, a latte in his hand. You know, and it's like, well, wait, is this a rock and roll concert? Yeah, me That's, and my friends were talking yesterday um, about mosh pits, and I don't know if you guys have been to many concerts where that happens, but uh, well, it was it was it was started to happen when I was a kid, the, like the punk. Thing. But over the years, they're no longer real fighting mosh pits. It's kind of the uh, idea of a mosh pit, you right? Know, and you're not exactly right. supposed to be pushing people too hard or too like. Yeah, yeah. nobody's really nobody's really body slamming. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, very, the way it used always, to be. Well, you could come out of a mosh pit with bloody in your face, right? Yes. I mean, it was. I'll tell thing. you, but I the punk thing. I have a lot of friends now who are my age who love music and are musicians and everything and we're just, you know, really, really dazzled by the whole punk thing. And I never 
I always thought the I thought that the music sometimes I would like the music, but I never liked punk rockers. I never liked going to shows with them. And I saw mosh pits as an excuse to beat people up. Like that's what was really yeah. going on. Very violent people went in there mm-hmm. and had some sort of controlled. I think that's excuse. what they used to be, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like and it, I, it was I, a bunch I, of those guys. So I always hated them. So weird thing. I, I I liked punk music, but I didn't like the punk crowd. And I've never really been a metalhead. I've never really fallen. I've never really been a metal guy. Mm-hmm. But I've always met really, really, really nice people who were like that crowd of metalheads. Were when you would meet them, they would they would be a lot of times a lot less drugs than you think. At least mm-hmm. back then, like uh, not not totally straight edge. Um, but not, you know, it's like, wow, you're listening to this speed metal and everything like that. But when you meet them, you realize, oh, they've got a plan. They're going to community college. They're going to become an electrician or something. The punk rockers. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't have any plan after I'm 25 because I don't think I'm going to be alive after 25. And then a lot of them woke up at 40 and went, okay, now I've done, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I liked the music in punk. Didn't like the people. Didn't really care for the music in metal. Always thought that the crowds, the people that loved metal, were really, really cool people. Yeah, nicest people at a metal show for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just and and just I don't know. They just seem to have their act together. Yeah. Out of the people that I knew, like friends, people, peers, my age. When I compared the punk rockers to the the heavy metal guys, it just seemed like the heavy metal guys understood. Um, I'm having fun, but I also have to. You know, I got I got a family. <laughs> I got things that that I have to worry about. The uh, the punk rockers are just like, they had no answers for anything. I guess you don't have to. But uh, they were into burning everything down. They had n- really no plan for, you know, what might replace it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Jerry, uh, Jerry Fuchs in the uh, in the chat. Last time I was at a concert with a mosh pit was the Escape to New York show with the Ramones, Debbie Harry. Oh, my God. Yeah, I saw that I, tour. I, Sounds fun. Did you? I saw that tour at Darien Lake in between Rochester and Buffalo in the early 90s. Oh, yeah, it was Blondie, awesome. Blondie, the Ramones. Um, I, who else is on that? I can't remember, but um, that was Tom a, Tom Club. He says Tom Tom Club. That's right. Yeah, I forgot that I saw the Tom Tom Club. You were probably there, Jerry. Huh? We were at that at that same show. Uh, Casual Gods. He's 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 running down the list. Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, well, I, I don't. He probably saw it down here. I saw it in mm-hmm. Darien Lake. I guess, yeah. But, Probably uh, not Darien Lake. Exactly. But the Ramones, as I recall, and I don't, uh, I can't see anything. So go ahead and let me know if I'm wrong on this. But as I recall, it was the unfortunate moment when the Ramones had decided to become kind of a metal act, not mm-hmm. something like the Cult or something like they were, they were trying to kind of like change their image a little bit. Um, but I do remember enjoying it. I do remember, although it doesn't really stand oh. out for me. I, I know people who worship the Ramones. Yeah, I was going to say, I, if it was the Ramones, I couldn't imagine it could possibly be bad, but uh, okay. I, yeah. I think, I, I, I'm i like, if you ask me about the Ramones, I'm like, yeah, I think they're cool. Yeah, but I mean, I don't like worship them. Nirvana, in my mind, like they're important. I yeah. liked them a lot for a little bit, yeah. but it's not, it doesn't do much for me right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, when you really look at I hadn't really thought of it this way, but um, you have to, the Ramones really liked, uh, like those, like surf music. Mm-hmm. And if you think of their stuff, because they're put in the punk category because of CBGBs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's a there's a million miles between the Sex Pistols and the Ramones. The Ramones are actually trying to have hits. Yeah. They kind of remind me of the Beastie Boys. Like, 
Just guys that got together and tried to, you know, made something of the. Uh, well, they were crazy. Yeah, they were crazy. I yeah. mean, the, what what I know about the Ramones is not a whole lot, but um, they never liked each other. It's just one of those weird things where Joey and Johnny, very early on, like before they got famous, apparently they their friendship was shot. Like oh, by, wow. by the time any of us ever heard of them, because uh, one of them stole the other one's girlfriend or something. Mm, makes sense. Yeah, it's amazing how and they like both, that can just... Yeah. And, and then they both died young. Left it. He does not look course. good. Johnny Ramone does not look good in the drummer from Talking Heads book. Uh, um, Chris Franz. Kind of a... I won't even get into it because mm-hmm. it's the kind of not good where... Uh, well, you can't cancel him. He's passed away. So, but... Uh, yeah, that makes him uncancelable, which is yeah. kind of cool. A little rough uh, with his girlfriend, let's put it that way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rather a jealous I, type. Uh, I want to go back to social media because there's a couple things happening in social media that I think are uh, interesting. One, uh, we could talk about these if we want. One actually related to um, the fact that uh, Biden's campaign now is on Truth Social, which is Trump's uh, social media platform, which I think is, you know, yeah, interesting. Yeah. We talked it's about cool. that a little bit on the radio show yesterday. He did. Um, but uh, go ahead. And the Give other thing thought. was that uh, Elon Musk, I think, you know, charging a dollar, uh, you know, for your account on X, which is really the thing that I'd rather talk about a little bit more because I can't believe that anyone would be outraged by this. <laughs> I believe that there's this sort of entitlement culture that says, well, all this stuff is free because they think it's free. They don't realize that by giving away access to themselves to advertisers is actually not free. That right. there's, that's, that's actually what you're paying for. Um, that somehow this dollar, which won't even buy the smallest item at the Taco Bell menu, right? It, can, mm-hmm. it doesn't even buy a can of soup anymore. That somehow a dollar for a year of access is somehow burdensome. And, and that people are upset about this yeah. is, is ridiculous to me because what they're getting for this actually is the, maybe the assurance that there are maybe fewer or no bots on the platform, which it seems to me is incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. For, for yes. the dollar, right? Because it's not a fee that I'm paying for myself as much as but it, a lot of people it's guaranteeing that everybody else is not a bot. I, I think. That see, I see that story as like benefit. kind of propaganda. I don't think there are a lot of people who are absolutely outraged that he wants to charge a dollar a year to be able to uh, retweet and do those kind of things. I guess if you don't pay it, you can still you can still look at yeah, it. You just can't yeah, can't yeah. post. Um, uh, I think it's just about it's the anti Elon thing. And a lot of people, listen, a lot of people can lose power and are losing power over what Twitter was as to what it became. So there's a lot of people who like the bots. You know, uh, if you think that the two parties, if you think that street movements, if all of the every every entity in society that's trying to get you to support their cause is involved in all of this. And yeah, they the bots were. It looks like everybody. That's the whole thing now. Within twenty four to forty eight hours, make it appear as if everybody who's sane agrees on one thing, so right, that we can. Right. And bots are a part of that. Um, and and so Elon, and also they also want to be able to hold Elon responsible if there's a bunch of bots that go out there and they're pro Hitler or something, right? Yeah. So uh, he's. You know, they they don't want to lose any kind of thing they can use to go after that guy, and yeah, I don't. How many people are complain really truly offended 
that they have to pay a dollar a year. And the thing that you were talking about is uh, they used to say um, if it's free, if it's on online, whether it's email or whatever, online media, social media, if it's free, then you're the product. That's the thing yeah. you have to understand. It's free because they want you to use it. All this outrage about what AI does, that, that's just because but without AI, that's what's been going on uh, it, with with just a whole bunch of human beings behind the scene to try to figure out who they are what are, the, what are their tendencies where do they go what do they do how do we sell how do we sell how do we sell this and he has the problem of advertisers who are coming at him not just for content but also uh, because uh, you know you've got all these bots how do we even know how do we even know that uh, this this many people saw our our advertising so he gets all the um the bullshit for it. Hey, advertising has gone down. I said yesterday. I can't remember if it was here or on the other show. I think he should just run it as a charity. <laughs> just, yeah. He's the richest man in the world. He says he believes it's the town square. I don't yep. think that there's an advertising model that will support the kind of free speech that he talked about, which is very simple. If it's legal, you can do it. If it's illegal, you can't do it. If you're doing something that a lot of people think should be illegal— well, we have politicians in legislatures and Congress to pass laws. And if they pass those laws, well, then if it becomes illegal in society, it will at that moment become illegal online or in these uh, social media places. I don't know because the corporations are taking over so much. At one, they're so big. There's so many big mega corporations that are in so many different things. And people who uh, like uh, protesters love that. Because it allows them one access point. You'd think that the lefty protesters don't like large corporations that are, own everything. But, oh, no, they do. Yeah, because they do if, you, if you own a radio station and Carnival Cruise Lines, maybe if I want somebody canceled on the air, I can threaten not just the radio station, but the orange juice company you own, the, uh, make it more, you know. So I think it just, just remove the advertising thing altogether somehow. Make what you can. But if you truly want a free speech place... There's no place with advertisers that you can ever have true free speech. That's just a fact. All right. All right. We will be doing the Von Hessler Doctrine. It'll have Eric Von Hessler and Autumn will be there. Tim will be there. Jared will be there. You should be there or you're going to be square. That'll be from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. on 95.5 WSB. Where's where's Stefan going to be? Stefan has to take his mom to the duck. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Apparently, there are two doors down because he needs 10 minutes to get her in the car ready and actually at the appointment. No, the, the, the engine's running right now. Okay. I got to coach up in the car and drive. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, y'all. Live from the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, and beyond, Hour One of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. I am your lovable, huggable radio chat host, Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Man of a thousand voices, Tim Andrews. Lady of 184.7 characters, Autumn Fisher, may be joining us soon. We do have the man behind the glass, George Clark. 
and the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto. I see Tim is following today's theme. It's National No Beard Day. No beard. Yeah, I got rid of her a while ago. <laughs> well, because you wanted to get ahead of the holiday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean facial hair. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. Yeah. Sorry. It says here Listen, from- I've known you a long time. I know the real you, and that's all that matters. Yeah. But I keep it on the. I understand. I understand that. You know, he's a two beard man. That's what you are. He's a two beard man. There's there's a phrase I've never heard before. (laughs) There has to be a reason for it. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it it does it does have a good ring to it. He's a two beard man. He's a two beard man. (laughs) He's a two beard man in a one beard world. <laughs> I think I started myself a bit of a country classic there. Yeah. Better watch out, Morgan Wallen's going to be all I, over it. I don't know what the hell's about, but I'm just sure it's a dang good song. Makes sense to me. I know that. <laughs> That's my lifestyle right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, where do we start? Do we start on uh, all the horrible things going on? I, 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 I'm doing a very good job of ignoring how horrible the planet has become over the last week or so. I don't know how you guys are doing, but I really have kind of a, people might call it defeatist or I don't know what fatalist. I don't, I'm aware of the fact I know that everybody is like, well, this is my two cents. And then, then people get mad because they're like, Hey, we haven't heard your two cents. Your silence is deafening. Like, Whoa, how much control over my life do you think that you have? You're you're now yelling at me for the things that I'm not saying? You must be really full of yourself. Just exactly how much control over the dialogue that comes out of other people's faces do you think that you should have so it's to me I'm I reckon to me I think it's like hey I'm not as hubristic as most people and I recognize that uh I could talk for the next four, five, six, seven, eight hours about it, and in the end, it would have, it would amount to nothing, and it would have absolute. There's nothing that I can do. If the human beings on this planet are dead set on ending human life on this planet, what the hell are my words going to do about it? <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I, and and I just want to say to the world. You know, Aaron Rodgers says to speak stuff into the universe. Yeah. He spoke stuff in the universe, and he lasted four plays. So I don't know how hey, coming he, back. Week uh, 15, he's eyeing that return. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll see. But I want the universe to know, listen, I'm not emotionally available for war fever. Now, I recognize uh, countries have to do what countries have to do. Countries have to protect themselves. Nations go to war. Uh, sometimes uh, people, after it's over, think it was the right reason to go to war. Most people think that World War II kind of had to be done. <laughs> Hitler had to be stopped. There's a, Most wars, people uh, in the end look back on and think, okay, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, so everybody's, you know, I understand. Nations have to do what nations do. And my hope is... What I think everybody's hope that can't do anything about this is, geez, I hope this doesn't become World War III. And, but along the way, what is not available from me to anyone in the universe is having my emotions ratcheted up by outrage into war fever. I won't go there. War is horrible. No one 
for a nanosecond should get excited about war. It is horrific. And when things get this far out of control, I mean, you start looking at this and all the moves that are starting to be made, and there is no objective voice for peace. None. I said this yesterday. You're going to show me Anthony Blinken, and I know that back at the State Department, there's Victoria Newland. I'll repeat myself because I'd like it to kind of be something that people understand. I would hope for it to go viral. Anthony Blinken, Victoria Newland, suffer from the rare case of actually being allergic to peace. You are not going to find peace by sending Anthony Blinken around the world. Because most of the country is going to look back and go, hey, what about that time you started messing with the high? So these things get messy and they get complicated. What I want is for it to, for somebody to start talking about how do we get out of not having a worldwide conflagration over this. And I think, does that make me weak? No. If you think that makes me weak, that's the first sign that you, in fact, are weak hyphen-minded. What is, wor- what is worth ending humanity on the planet? The people are just getting so excited. No, you got to know, this is it. I mean, we have people on talk radio seem to be trying to get, get us all ready to go for the final showdown. Yeah, not me. I'm not ready to go for the final showdown. And I'll tell you something, the people who are have to feel really, really, really confident in where they're going after we're all gone. Man, you must be really, really confident that there's a special chair in a special room for you and yours in heaven. I think I'm going to be welcome there, but I need a few more years to paper over a lot of what I did in my youth. I don't know about everybody else. You need some time. I need a little more time. There's a few more good deeds <laughs> that must be done to make up for ignorant Eric. Hey, listen, your last five years have been great, Eric. They don't go by... It turns out they don't judge by ratings. <laughs> in which case, no matter what I'd done in my life, I'd, I'd, I'd at least be somewhere in there. But... If you look around and pee, listen, bloodlust, I'm not going there. Sorry, I'm not available. But here's the good news. There's like 330 million other people in the country who are, who are completely accepting and available to you and your calls for bloodlust. I understand that nations have to do what nations have to do. And I understand that war sometimes happens. But uh, knock it off with trying to get me excited about it. I'm not excited about it. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And so if you want to be like me and mostly, uh, Eric, what somebody said, I think my wife said to me, yeah, but I don't want to be ignorant of what's going on because she's worried. And we have a two-year-old grandson. You know, she's worried about where all this can go. She said, well, I don't want to be ignorant of what's going on. I'm like, doesn't matter if you're ignorant or if you're the most knowledged person around on every event, you're equally helpless to do anything about it. That's the reality. And people seem to think that it's going to happen quickly. Like that's. I know that's my not- wife was like, she's going on a retreat. And she's like, I'm worried. It's, like, it's not going to escalate the nuclear war in a, right. in a week. <laughs> <It's gonna, laughs> we could, you know, and it probably, I'm not saying that it will do that. 
But the possibility is there. The possibility is there. And so it will be nice on the national, international stage, some objective voice for simply the concept of peace. Like, how do we get there? You know, we have a lot of uh, colleges that study war. Unfortunately, not so many that study peace. There must be more money in one than the other, but I don't want to get into that (laughs) as far as careers go. You can only have one guy who's the head of the One Piece Institute, and then everybody else wasted their money on their degree. I understand that. If you go into the study of war and you're good, oh, there are going to be jobs for you. (laughs) I get it. But it would be nice if we could get an objective voice of peace. That is not Antony Blinken. That is not your current State Department who has, between Blinken and Victoria Nuland, the amount of blood on their hands couldn't be washed off in an eternal spring that that they could wash their hands for infinity. They would not be able to wash all the blood off their hands. Not even the Fountain of Youth in St. Augustine? No. The Fountain would turn them away because they're like, (laughs) we're not making you youthful. We make you youthful. We'll have nothing but war all the time. Uh, and so I would say if anybody's out there, don't, don't fall for it. You, you, you do not have, you can just look at things objectively and say, well, some things have to be done and that's unfortunate, but you do not have to get, uh, into this bloodlust war fever thing. I fell for it once in the early two thousands. And as I've said before, this brain can only be freedom fried one time, uh, following a big jam on the West. Side. Either of you guys use the digital driver's license on your phone. I haven't yet, but I've no. always had a picture of my license on my phone, so I'm, I'm going to download Wait, it. That's probably the most unsecure thing that you can do, is just have a picture of your license. <laughs> I'm hoping there's some sort of strategy that you <laughs> don't have your whole life stolen through this, but I think the way you're doing it is the way to do it. Back already? Yeah, but we can't have that conversation on air. No. No, you can't. It's America. Remember this. It's America 2023. So asking interesting questions is forbidden. And basically, just look at your national media. They're probably saying the same thing that your government is. I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about any any big thing. And uh, you have to make a choice. Are you going to be seen as an oddball who questions that? Mm. Do you really want that? I mean, want people online, I mean, if you're 18 and all your friends, they're going one way, ah, does anybody really want to do that? Probably not. We used to be told there's no such thing as, I don't know if you heard this growing up, that may have been gone before you got to school, but we used to be told there's no such thing as a stupid question or a bad question. We still had that, but only in elementary and middle school. But now... When you ask the question that it has been deemed that no one should ask, you're immediately assumed to be on the wrong side of history. And why the hell would I talk or debate with you anyway? Yeah, just, you obviously, just by asking that question, you tell me that you are on the wrong side of history, which is very evil. And I don't debate evil people. So, oh, good. Two sides just don't ever find a way to talk. Yeah, you're just boxed in is yeah, how yeah. I described it. There's a couple yeah. of uh, conversations I had with buddies this weekend while just out camping and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm like, you're boxing me in to, to an argument that I don't agree yeah, with fully. Right. No, I'm arguing- but they've decided the world is black and white. We're on the side of the folks who make the rules of how you're supposed to debate any right. issue in America anymore, and we're, um, we're, we're slightly ignorant. We bought into it. So the world is black and white. Where do you stand? Here's a line. 
There is nothing. I, they should actually, next thing they should do is just go into every dictionary and rip the word nuance out and throw it away and say that's not part of the English language anymore. Because we've found out, we are so, we've progressed to the point to find out that in fact, there is no nuance to anything. Everything is stark and clear, and you are either choosing to be with your opinions on the right or wrong side of history. And don't worry about the fact that none of us will be alive to figure out who was right or who was wrong. Just trust us. <laughs> and then even that silliness there, that whole way of thinking, I want to be on the right side of history. <laughs> You're auditioning for people who haven't been born yet. <laughs> <laughs> Does that seem like a smart thing to do? <laughs> There's all kinds of things that have happened in history that the people while they were doing it were convinced. Some of the worst, most disgusting things that have ever happened in history were at the hands of people who were convinced, what? That they were on the right side of history. Because if you're on the right side of history, then you don't the same rules and laws don't affect you. You gotta, you know, you gotta purify things. Well go back even further than that. Think about when philosophers would present ideas that yeah. were against what the king or what the church would say right. and, and they were cast well, now you, on the but, rack. Okay, but now you're going all the way back. It's a, it's it's a, ever been that way, right? Look what happened to Socrates. Well I think he was like I think he was Flirting with some of the people in town a little too much. I think there was a little something, a little something more than just mere philosophy going on there. Following major trouble, and yeah, don't buy into this idea that you must make a stand on every issue. That is a con. That is that is people who want to control you. Because if you're forced to take a stand on things without really reflecting on them, probably what you're going to do is look around and see what most people are saying <laughs> and kind of go in that direction. We just have to remember. I mean, something I deal with as the host of this show. Um, we have to be honest with each other. We, we do not live in a country that cherishes free speech. We may have the First Amendment, and so you're not going to go to jail, you know, it, for protected speech, but that's not really where the, the times that we're living in. And you have to understand that you don't, you know, this idea, well, you know, it's only, it only applies to the government, nah, nah, nah. Which is technically true, but you, the fact is you don't truly have the right to free speech if you know in the back of your mind that you're likely to suffer draconian consequences if you utter an unpopular opinion. And that's the country that we're in now. Technically, you have the right to free speech, but uh, I hear a lot of talk about... Uh, you know, a lot of people have decided that uh, some opinionated college students should never be hired anywhere in their entire lifetime. And I'm sure people listening to me right now go, well, damn right, because, okay, are you 50? Are you 45? Are you 60? Hell, are you 40? How many things did you say when you were 22 or 23? And people like me, from my generation, damn lucky there was no such thing as social media and things like that. I said some of the dumbest things that have ever been uttered by a human being on this planet between the ages of 16 and, <laughs> what am I, 59 now? Yeah, 57. 
<laughs> but who are these people who condemn college students? You should never, because of an opinion, you should never be, you should never be allowed to make money anywhere. And I would say to that person, you have to look me in the eye and tell me that you at 50 agree with everything the 23, 24-year-old version of yourself, not only believed in, but spouted in dorm rooms, the social media of their day. And if you can't do that, then I'm not interested. You have to be perfect. You know, what's that Jesus thing about uh, the, the, the smote in your own eye before the, your neighbor's? I guess you could do it the old uh, uh, rocks in a glass house. When you come to me and tell me that an opinion from a 23-year-old should definitely condemn that person to never being able to work, then you, fr- you have to follow that up with, and now I'm 50, and yes, Eric Von Hessler, I still agree with every single thing that I ever spouted when I was 23 or 24, and if you can't do that, that's because you've lost some humanity somewhere. And you've lost the ability to empathize with anyone else. Brasstown Bob over here has Brass never, Town. he's never changed Brass his Town. opinion. You've never anything. changed your opinion. Never. <laughs> not, not once, no, one time, and I, I'm sticking to what I've always thought and said. And you were telling me that still, you still believe the greatest night of your life was when you caught that touchdown pass and won the high school championship back in 1965. It was, even though I'm married and have seven kids. Still the greatest. Oh, yeah. And you said that then, and you still, you still I adhere to now. that to this day. I can walk into a bar in town and uh, they'll know me. All two of them. So I'll go back to that and say, don't tell me what the opinions of a 23-year-old should mean and how that person should be condemned until you convince me that at the age of 50, you're in complete agreement with the things that you uttered when you were 23 or 24. Maybe there are some people out there. Like want- I said, I was a complete and total moron at that age. So, Do you want to know what that passage was that Jesus well, said? Yes. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see, or clear. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's. Yes, I think that's been gussied up with some modern language. I, I, I remember smites and smotes being in there, but who knows? Let's do this. Mailbag: the open mics, Facebook messages, and emails we've collected from the week. In other words, if you know you're not perfect, stop expecting it out of others. All right, what do you got for me, Jared Yamamoto? Uh, we got this tweet from X.com that was sent to the Von Hessler Doctrine, and uh, they added me in the DM as well, too. Uh, Scott is a super fan, and he asks, uh, because you like to chew gum before well, every segment. To, well, I have to because I get, uh, you know, I, I, you know it's just my, this is my moneymaker, you know, the noises that come out of my face. Yeah. So I got to clear the tubes there. and Wet your whistle. Got to wet a little bit like that. You know, you want to, you know, I have that uh, logie, warm milk kind of feeling at the back of your tongue if you're going to pontificate about uh, how people should live their lives. Right. But if people are to walk, if people walk in the studio, they notice that there's a big wad of gum. Unfortunately, they always. have to deal with this. Uh, yeah. I can't, you know, I don't have enough money to just throw away the gum after every break. So yeah, it sits here. So Scott's question is, Gross. does EVH chew the same piece of gum for the entire week or just one per each show? <laughs> what? <laughs> How would I chew the same piece of gum for an entire week? Listen, aspartame, before aspartame, you know, gives me the kind of cancer that uh, I'll have to have my lower jaw removed from. 
because this is what this is all aspartame, and there's something very very strange about aspartame. I like sugar that goes like you can chew this gum for eight hours and it's still got all of its flavor. That has to be have a downside that equals this is killing you. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. How could um, something that's a derivative of formaldehyde be bad for you? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I guess you could eat it for a week. Mm-hmm. But the other thing you need to know about me is I'm a little bit of a when it comes to food. Like if my if my spoon just like touches a faucet or something, that's it. Need a new spoon. I don't want so the I, the, the chances of me leaving my gum overnight in my office on my desk and then coming in the next day and putting it back in my mouth are slim because in my mind, you know, some people have keys to my office. Dave Baker it used to be his office. He could go, go in there, there and get that gum, lick all over it or something, or do something and then make a joke about it. So you know, you know what Dave's rule is? As basically, long as three so- sticks per day. Okay, three sticks per day. I gave you a real answer. Well, well, maybe like a as an incentive item next year, maybe you you give one of your used pieces of gum or something like that away. Yeah. Maybe Scott can Scott potentially anything for the kids. Yes. You know me, but I don't know who would want that. <laughs> I guess I'll make a great stocking stuffer. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Baker still. Bill has a key to my office. Won't give it up because yeah. it was his office at one point. Apparently, once Dave Baker has an office, it's his for life. Well, you know the you're deal. darn right it is. And, uh, you know, I, I found a lot of tissues in there for some reason. It's really weird. Yeah. I can't bring my mistresses in there because he could come knocking on the door at any given time. Or hang a tie on the doorknob. Well, it's just, you know. He's more of a sock guy. Now i got to talk to my wife and explain these hotel bills that she doesn't understand. Not if you pay up. <laughs> well, if you would give stop with using my office... I could take my mistresses there rather than to uh, no tell motel. Don't know. I put a Super secret 8. camera in there. I got all your dalliances. <laughs> Super Eight is the place that I go because because you like dumps. Uh, well, because <laughs> it's a good description of uh, what's going to happen. Uh, watching a red alert on two eighty five <laughs> eastbound in Spaghetti. All right, since we're in mailbag, let's uh, let's not be lazy here. Let's. Uh, Let's stick that hand into the mailbag and see what you catch. Oh, man. It's what a you fu- get? It is a full mailbag over here. And a little sludgy. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's a little it's been, moisture. Been in, in, in the dorm room for a Tim. little too long. Uh, uh, you okay. <laughs> this is a, uh, a new listener here. He just uh, subscribed to the Von Hessler Doctrine Facebook page. His name is Dean, and he says, who does, who does the Alex Jones impersonation? They absolutely nailed it. I was cracking up driving home. I heard people laughing in the studio, too. Oh, that's what I'd like to know. <laughs> that's what I need to know. <laughs> it is a totally farcical impression. It's, it's not real. It's not, it's not really Alex Jones. This what segment of the show is brought to you by Lung Cleanse Plus. <laughs> spray you put on your lungs. Also, Prostagard. Prostagard! Folks, it's the globalists. The globalists have decided that they're going to take over the airwaves, and they start right here on the Von Hessler Doctrine, which is usurping my message every day on my show, which you can get it. Well, I don't know what your message is. My message is we need more gay frogs. Well, the frogs are gay, the salamanders are bi, and the toads can't make up their minds. They're non-binary toads. Monsanto! Monsanto! <laughs> yes, it's a very good, as, as you've just proven, ladies and gentlemen, let's, just a moment, Mr. Tim Andrews. Yes, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. It's the super male vitality that I take that helps. <laughs> and again, I'm noticing that uh, it's not, it's not, it's not a... It's not a knock on the impression. The impression is dead on. I'm just realizing that uh, 
that Gary Busey is just one degree from uh, it. He's about an inch and a half uh, away. Uh, I just got to say, if you're going to be listening to the Alex Jones show, make sure that your teeth are hanging out. And if your teeth are fronted out and your mouth is hat in front of your the, birds, the stuff is on, I, You know what? I haven't owned a comb since 1968. Why were you in the park? Uh, first of all, well, I was how, horny. Why, would, why did I not know about this? Did this happen this year? Uh, I don't know when it happened. Uh, you you know were in I, the park... Uh, having your, yeah yeah uh, that's not just you ever and, never done that I, what I don't understand is how it wasn't a big story when it happened because I'm old and nobody cares about well, me the anymore. cops just come along and just say all right pull up and your they pants they said hey you're buddy Holly I'm <laughs> like you damn right I was <laughs> I like this about Tim Scary Busey here all he does is open his mouth up a little bit more and smiles a little bit more compared that's to Alex Jones to go weird, one weird hair. Uh, Alex Jones he's like yelling into the microphone Alex is angry he was a great actor. That Gary Busey he was a great actor. Bar- I was Bill Hicks. Barbarossa. Good movie. Back to the red alert. And sp- hey, man, if you miss any of today's show, don't worry, man. You can stream or download the whole full Doctrine podcast. That's a pre-show 30 and a post-show 30. And those 60 minutes, man, oh, yeah, those are completely dumb. commercial oh, free, yeah. man. The WS, you can uh, get that podcast on WSBRadio.com, yeah. the WSB Radio app, or any of your favorite broadcast providers, man. What did he just say, man? What did he say? Hey, so, uh, you know what it's brought to you by? Uh, Our friends, man. Ooh. Finley Roofing. Oh, uh, Roof Roof. Hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. Here's a phony baloney headline for you from the U.S. Sun. So that's an English tabloid with a U.S. contingent, I guess. Yeah, basically they have an office here. Total phony baloney headline. Elon Musk's X slammed over new fee as users forced to pay for series of basic features like tweeting and retweeting. Well, yeah, they did find some people on Reddit or something, or maybe on X itself, who were upset. So, uh, slammed over new fee. This new fee is $1 per year. In a world where you can't buy a pack of cigarettes for under $13, this new fee is $1 per year. My guess is it's not true that people are beside themselves angry about it. On the other hand, everybody says there's too many bots. I think Elon Musk is right. The only way to try to bring that down is to tie everybody to some sort of payment so that they have to prove that they are themselves. That's what you do. And you can still use the platform without right. paying. You, you just, just can't, can't retweet or tweet. Exactly. No, right, exactly. So that's, yeah, you can still go there and, you know, if you just it's, like it as some sort of newsstand and yeah. whatever, you can still do that. But uh, if you want to get some kind of control over the bots, then you have to link each person posting to a one account. Makes sense. I really doubt in this world with so many things to be upset about, that people are just losing their minds. Can you imagine the person? Well, that's it. I'm out. You can find a dollar a year. That is not. That is. And this guy. And I already saw. Like I think the drudge on his headline was uh, "Richest man in the world demands a dollar." For his, get out. When did of Drudge here. become such a wuss? Um, I don't know about him being a wuss, but he definitely uh, 
he started out as in that Fox News crowd, and he's no right. longer there. I don't know if he's a, I don't know that he's already over at MSNBC, but um, he definitely is not in the Fox crowd anymore. Uh, you ready to do this, or did you want to tell me something, George? I feel like you were going to say something. He's so Hi, it's Paul Stanley, and this is Paul Stanley Presents, the latest in music and entertainment news, only on the Von Hessler Doctrine. Paul Stanley, I know this is highly unorthodox. This, you're usually doing this on, like, Friday or Well, you know, I Thursday take hump day literally, so this is really <laughs> messing with my vibe. Yeah, I know. We're, uh, we're harshing your mellow. Hey, we're harshing bring, my mellow. We're bringing down. Autumn Fisher at least for you. Is that okay? I suppose. Is she under 40? Well, yeah, she's, she just turned 40. <laughs> yeah, so no. <laughs> I'm in my prime. She's in her prime. Sure, so am I. I'm her boyfriend, Don Lemon, will tell you. He's a fireman. Whatever right? happened to Don Lemon? He's, He's at my house right now. Is he? Yeah. Like, it's funny. Has it, he just like... He cuts my grass. Oh, he probably like a, had a non-compete after he was like... That's what I was that. thinking. He yeah, probably but, can't do anything. But during a non-compete, he can't go bitch about it, like on one of the late night shows or something? So. Who'd have him? Everybody would have him. NDA. Just ask yeah. Don Lemon. He'll tell you how popular Don Lemon is. All right, Paul Stanley. I, I guess Tulip Pip had to be pushed to tomorrow. Yeah. Or, okay. Nick will join us tomorrow. The Thank big you. Me- big for, meeting this afternoon. You just happened to be in town. I yeah. don't know why. I don't well, know. But you decided to step in for the Tulip Pip and give us some entertainment news. Uh-oh, this is from our lawyers. I have to let people know that this isn't... In fact, Paul Entertainment News International Stanley. That's right. Let me tell you about Millie Bobby Brown. You guys like her? Yeah. Uh, well, I saw. I liked the first episode of Strange. I mean, the first season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I watched it all in one night. You I did. loved it, and I've never watched one other minute. You're oh, like you the gotta... ghosts in a Christmas Carol. You did it all in one night. I did it all in one night. Thank That's you. Amazing. And I woke up. It was Christmas morning. What else do I need? You got a fat goose. That's right. The fattest. The fattest one in town. So, Stranger Things, this is... The I was, one as big as me? I was listening to your story. The one as big as Autumn? Yes. Well, not yeah. that big. That's GMO hey. stuff. Have you, seen, t- have you seen Autumn lately? She's little, but a goose that big? Yeah. Mm-mm, no That's thanks. a large goose. GMO. It's a little... You're right. It's a, it's a little lady, but it's a large goose. Right. Yeah. So, you were talking about... A frightening a, goose that big. The Elon Musk story where he, yeah. you know people are outraged and they just go find a bunch of idiots on social media who bitch. Well, the same thing here. All she said, this Millie Bobby Brown, is, okay, let's wrap it up. We've been doing this show, Stranger Things, where I'm 19, I want to work on other projects. Right. I've been doing this, I was 11. You know, now she wants to be 12. So, <laughs> the thing is... Well played there, Paul. The story, this headline is, Stranger Things fans slam Millie Bobby Brown wow. after her brutal admission about the show. What's Again, brutal about saying, I want to go work... Also, another phony baloney. Right. Uh, how many fans of Stranger Things? All of these things. Hey, reporters, when you're wondering why you're being replaced by AI, it's because they can do your job. Yeah. They go to Reddit or some social media thing. They find some people. Yes, there are people bitching and complaining about everything online. Pick and choose for your stories. AI could do that. Uh, how many fans of Stranger Things give a damn what she... Uh, of course, it's ridiculous. It's just more phony baloney nonsense. I agree. They probably put it out just to get people talking about oh, Stranger yeah. Things. Remember that show that nobody watches anymore? Oh, so, really? Have they lost their well, uh, momentum? Uh, I don't know. What would happen Absolutely. was... Absolutely. Oh, oh, wait. wait. Uh, let me guess. Let me guess, because I, I watched the first season. I loved it. I didn't need any more. Um, it always works this way with these streaming shows. People always say the same thing. 
Uh, the second season was terrible, but they got it back together again in the third yeah, season. season. Does three that apply? Was good season four. But was I, I right? Just by predicting, by saying, yeah, yeah you got it. You why is it? it? Seems like every streaming show. That's what people say. Season two. Walking Dead is another one. When it's season oh my two, God. Yeah. I was so sick of hearing that. But they're looking <laughs> for that girl in the barn. This season and then it gets really yeah. good. They spent a whole year trying to find a girl in a barn. Turns out she was a zombie. I, I have to say, how about they just be consistent? And it, you know, at the first, we all understand stumbling out of the gate, getting your feet, you know, sturdy in the sand. Mm-hmm. I get it. And then second season should be good. Yeah, but a lot of times should maybe be they didn't know what direction still good. A lot of times they don't know they're going to get a second season, right? And they didn't know what direction to take the franchise. And then you could clearly see they're like, uh oh, that was not the direction we should go. We just need to go this way. Stranger Things. The reason I never came in for a second season was I was annoyed that they wouldn't. You know, it just annoyed me. the The first season has a perfect ending. It does. And then when you think it's over, he walks into the bathroom and coughs. That's all I'll say. And then, oh! And, and then and it's like, okay, and that's that was, and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Those are the two brothers, whoever it is that's behind it. Um, like, yeah, I think it's well, the Duffer it's like, brothers. Okay, if you want a second season, we've given you a reason to say that you want it. But if we don't get a second season, for Eric Von Hessler and everybody else who watched the first season, it all wrapped up perfectly fine. It's like a little of both. And then, of course, it was a huge hit. And, of course, you're going to get more than and, and, two seasons. And knowing you, Eric, I think you... Do if you know you, me? If you watch all the way through, through, through season four, I think you'll enjoy it. I think the disappointing thing about season four, in my opinion, was... I thought that was going to be the last season, so right. I'm so I'm riding this wave. I'm like, this is you awesome. ramped yourself up for the end. Yeah, and in in my opinion, they stretched out season four a little bit too much. But season three is very good. But uh, what's See, her I name? I feel that's the way I felt at the end of season one. Me it was too. like I was ramped up for the end. It was a good end. Yes, it was, it was fine. a great. We end. Don't need to continue. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, if you're working on that uh, staff, you're happy it continued. So, I mean, a lot of people. No, they should all make... be jobless. <laughs> I don't for art. see enough for, for art's sake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, but for Millie Bobby, was it Millie, Millie Bobby Brown? Okay, uh, she needs to be a little bit careful though. <laughs> yeah, because it's her hit. Well, like, when you're young and you have such a massive hit, I don't know how many jobs she had before this one. It couldn't have been that many. And when you have something that five years in that part of your life might as well be fifteen years, and it feels like all of your life. And hopefully, there are people around her who say. No, it's very rare that somebody your age would come out of something like this and have a good, long, productive career that's the career that you're thinking about, challenging yourself, being in good movies. It does happen. Jodie Foster. Uh, there, there are other examples. Dana Plato. Uh, <laughs> again, it's rare. Let's just put it this way. For Millie Bobby Brown, I don't think anybody remembers Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I do. Over Stranger fantastic. <laughs> what has she done while being in Stranger Things? She Is did that Godzilla, one of them? and she did... Um, I think Enola Holmes. Listen, she has no. She's she nineteen. Did a, a, a like Hasidic Jewish community sort of documentary ish thing. It, she made it, or she was in it. No, she was in it. Okay, but so listen, I know in her mind, and she has no reason not to believe this. The way things are going, so I'm sure she wants to do challenges. You know, I'm sure she wants to do a Meryl Streep type of career, and that's great to have those dreams and everything. But uh, don't spend the money just yet, because you know. First of all, you got to find out if you're going to be typecast. This happens to a lot of people that are really, really popular when they're young, and then other producers are just like, well, you're just going to see Eleven when you walk in. We so need a girl with a bloody nose and a bald head. As long as those... <laughs> I got the one for you. As long as those roles exist. <laughs> I wish her the best, but uh, it's not be too... 
just it's like uh, past success uh, is not a predictor of the future necessarily. Flying over the red alert and spaghetti. Hey, these uh, doctrinaires—they're not dead weight. They have uh, they have uh, WSB shows and podcasts themselves. Feel free to check out the latest Popcast with Tim Andrews that's Saturday from 7 to 8 p.m. and The Nightcap with Jared Yamamoto Saturday from 11 to midnight. You can also grab new episodes of the podcast Radio Labyrinth. That's from Tim Andrews. One Topic, that's from Autumn Fisher and Greg Russ. And The Power Pod, which is uh, Jared and his millennial friends and their fresh take on current events. Get that wherever you get all of your other podcasts. All right, as I've often said, and let the audience know, that when I was 19, I said some of the dumbest things that have ever been said on the planet Earth by anybody. So I give uh, the younger folk some wiggle room, especially when they're thrust in the public eye. But uh, we were just talking about that uh, Millie Bobby Brown. She's glad that this uh, last season is coming up, as she should be. She's going to play this role until she's 50? I, I understand that, but... She needs to understand, just because you've had this much success doesn't mean what you're going to do after Stranger Things. As a matter of fact, most people, I mean, how about, like out of Friends, Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow, pretty much. Those yeah. are the people. Others have shown up here or there, but those are the two that have had, you know, the career. Um, those two broke waitresses, I haven't seen either of them since that show went off the air. One of them oh, yeah, on Marvel's show. One of them's on a Marvel okay, show. Okay, well, that, that, that proves that I would never have seen it. So uh, being a grown man and not a child. Uh, <laughs> Very adult themes on those shows. I know, too, too adult. Uh, so this isn't a glamour. Is this new, this glamour article? I guess they, they pronounce her uh, their global woman of the year. So uh, October 16th, yeah. She credits her feminist awakening to a visit to a psychic who informed her that she was, in fact, a feminist. Uh. Brown, hold on. It gets better. Brown went home and Googled, how do I know if I'm a feminist? <laughs> I do that. After, after reading articles and books, <laughs> she really grasped the idea of feminism and what it means to me, she says. Mm. Ultimately, it's about opportunity. Her production company aims to tell stories about what girls and women can be. Well, that's gonna Shut be a that's gonna be a that's gonna be a big failure. That I'm sorry. You better uh, that's watch a, out. Eleven's oh, no. gonna get you. No, no. Hey, Meghan Markle started one. Nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the She's Barack, using her platform for good. <laughs> uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, maybe two of the most popular people in the country have done several of these things. Nobody watches. Nobody cares. Hillary and Chelsea celebrating women. No. Buddy is interested in you producing stuff that tells people how powerful they can be. I, I don't shoot the messenger. I'm just just look around. I'm just telling you, Eleven's gonna get you, Eric. You better be watching. Uh, psychic. <laughs> Her little nose it. is gonna start bleeding. Again, Psychics really I know what's quiz. going on. I took on, a though. Facebook quiz and found out I'm a feminist. But again, let's yeah. remember. Come on, she's 19. I, she said, likes money I too. said a lot of dumb things when I was 19. <laughs> uh, still flying over the red alert. I saw something in one of my news aggregators. You know how Disney... Is, is this their 100th year or something? It is. You'd think there'd be more going on, but um, it's been a bad year for Disney for the most part. They raised their prices too. Yeah, it's a, I got a new... They have a new expression for that. Do you know? Uh, the... Uh, the, the inflation having to do with entertainment things, 
is uh, now called Funflation. Mm. Boy, I saw I like an article that, that says oh, it's cute. It's getting too expensive to have fun in America. No, I don't mind. Funflation. Hey, yeah. you know what? It's Funflation. Hey. There are worse things than One fun. One less pack of gum a day, that's all. That's, I can't pay the bills. It's Funflation. Funflation. Have fun. But I don't want any ads for Have Hulu, fun. so Funflation. <laughs> On Disney. Uh, so Disney is still They're going to put out that uh, their new Snow White, which I think is called AOC and the Seven Baristas. <laughs> and as uh, and it's all woke, right? So it looks like, it looks that way. No one's actually seen this movie yet. We've seen one still, <laughs> but there's no other conclusion other than the fact that it's going to be way woke. Tim is pumped. Oh yeah, he can't oh, wait. Yeah. To but uh, so Ben Shapiro, what does he run? The Daily Wire. Yeah, is that his? I get confused. So who's is what? I, I, is he know, the Daily Wire. He, He's the Daily Wire. His own brand is huge. Huh? Daily Wire. This is Daily Wire. Well, they have a they make movies. They have a film production side. Yeah, I, he's he's a very fast talker. For a guy who I'm assuming never took one drug in his life, he has got that three o'clock in the morning coming down off a cocaine discussion way of talking. Well, I'm going to tell you all about this. This is what <laughs> I'm going to tell you about. <laughs> well, again, I will say I don't think that guy's ever done one single drug in his Whatever life, you, but he has that kind of pattern. Don't tweet about his sister to him. He gets really upset. Well, I'm not going to do anything. And I, I Listen, he's creating his... A lot of people bitch and moan about Hollywood. He doesn't like Hollywood. He's putting his money where his mouth is. And so, but I, I don't know if they're going to come out at the same time, but apparently he's making his own version of Snow White. Woke White? No, it's against Woke White. It's the other one. It's anti-woke. And, uh, and you know, if it, the problem here is uh, I think he may be going too much, too far to the other side because uh, uh, the lead actress is albino. I think it's a little... <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, saying, the road. I'm not saying... You're taking these jokes on the road? That was a good joke. I wrote all of that okay. stuff in the last five minutes. <laughs> what have you done today? I, my job is to uh, entertain people. And I actually I, did do something today. Yeah, what did you do today? My dad fell, and I oh. helped him up. Oh, oh, now I have to be. You know, nobody now can, don't now you what feel I gotta do? like a jerk. Yeah, all my jokes. I can I can throw all of my mean, cruel jokes at you. I'm going to make is a Bob movie. Is Bob okay? That, yeah, he's okay. All right. Uh, um, I'm going to make a movie about like how strong grandpas can be. <laughs> Yeah. If they just put their minds to it and throw off the patriarchy. Yeah, Wait, yeah, that's going to get Aren't they the, the patriarchy? Oh, I'm confused. The, yeah, if you're talking about uh, white granddads, I think they yeah. would be the patriarchy. So it's very but difficult for them. he needs to know to... how powerful he can be. <laughs> <laughs> it's important that we all know how powerful we could be, which is yeah. really, that is just a line. You know, some people are powerful, usually because of wealth, because of hmm. money. I mean, that's why position. people get position. Well, you get positions, you get wealth, you get power. Yeah, That's usually the way that it is. But uh, the whole thing about how we all have to feel like, how much power do we have when, when, we all, when we all actually have to succumb to death? How much power do you really, you want to you say, if you want to convince me that you're a powerful person, tell me that you're never going to die. That's somebody who's powerful. Wait, the rest of me, us. I'm Henry Kissinger. I'm never going to die. <laughs> 
It seems like you're having a swinging time. These stupid tech entrepreneurs who are trying to live forever, who are not living their lives now. Hey, newsflash, they're not going to live forever. Hey, newsflash too, they're not even going to add 15 years to whatever their lifespan was going to be. But meanwhile, they're like 38 years old. They've got a couple of billion dollars, so they've decided they're going to live every minute of every life in such a way, if every day in such a way that they can live forever, which is not going to happen. So they're miserable. I believe in 46-year-old Brian Johnson. You know, he's that CEO yeah. that's trying to make sure he lives forever. Yeah, I believe you in. see his regimen, everything he does every day. He's not living his life. There's no living in there. I'll eventually get to live when I'm 90. Yes! When all your friends are dead? Wow, that's great. That sounds like the best time ever. This guy takes 111 pills a day, this Brian Johnson. Oh, his liver must be want to live forever. Great shape. I, well, living forever is just, you know. How that many times? Terrible. How many times are you rich and then broke and then rich? Like, like how can you manage this stuff? People, let's not even talk about forever. Let's talk about 500 years. That's that's something that seems like kind of reasonable, right? Like it's, it's a long time, but it's still finite. So it's like, you know, if you put it all together, six and a half to seven normal lifespans, all right? And you would live that long. Can you imagine how, I mean, how many times, and for, uh, how many times do you go up and then, oh no, we're broke, we're busted, we got to move out of the mansion. And then like you spend 70 years getting back. How many okay. wives would you have? Well, I mean, they're living forever too. Oh. And don't you know forget. You would rather? Pass. Yes. I'd rather have do-overs. Oh, well, we all You know, like, that. live, like, a normal life, and then if I die of some normal way at 92, then I don't have to do over. But if it's, like, I'm 17 and I trip and fall off of something yeah. and break a neck, it's like, let me, can I just do over? Like, I'd rather have that option than living forever. Well, here's the good news. You have neither I'm going to go to Silicon will. Valley, and yeah. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to, like, I'm going to microdose, and hey, I'm going to start. Like yeah. learning how I, to do stuff. I, I put know? my toe in a jar, and uh, it's going to uh, it's going to uh, continue my legacy after I'm gone. <laughs> this might help you, Adam. I just found an article. I'm putting all my memories, my yeah. thoughts. I put and my, my memories in my big toe, and I put my toe in a jar of formaldehyde, and I connected that to a supercomputer. This, Worship my toe. That's uh, buried deep into the ground. This Brian Johnson, I just found an article in the Economic Times. 112 pills a day. 100 and, uh, 111, actually. 111. 111. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just one, one extra there. I can't remember if I took the, you know, that's <laughs> like, did I take those pills Your yet? fish oil? <laughs> it turns yeah. out did here. Did I put that fish oil in my face? That despite spending over $2 million <laughs> per year to be 18 years old, he struggles to find dates. So, Autumn, you could. this is the guy you He struggles to find dates because he does nothing but concentrating on living longer. Hang on, i got to take a pill. <laughs> yeah, 112 at once? He must he, take he 10. He stinks. Oh, of course he smells he like pills. Of course he yeah, stinks. Yeah, he smells like Band-Aids. <laughs> <laughs> An absolute waste of money. Well, you know, All right, we are going to do this new thing, an idea of mine called packages. I don't know how much time we're going to have, but we'll try to do it when we get back. Uh, right now, speaking of back, back above the awful or unlawful? Awful. Um, awful. <laughs> I think it's lawful, but it's awful. Back above the awful jam and spaghetti. I believe you. I, I, you should believe me because I watched a YouTube video about it, and that makes me an expert. It's too, it's too uh, cold up there. Why would you want to be up there? Well, look, just because you're a wuss... And you can't handle it. You know, I'm so different from you. I know that the, these days that we're having now, 
they're beautiful. So you're you're like, okay, it's a beautiful day. I'll take it. But I know that you're full of dread. Oh, I because can't stand it. There's it's cold, cold in the air. It's, it's cold. Not I, me. I, I, I'm walking. I've got nice crisp. Mm, mm. I love it. I like the in betweens. Give me fall slash autumn, or give me <laughs> spring. I don't like the dead of the winter or the dead of the summer. See, what, I, what, what I can't stand right now is I usually get outside around like 9.45 in the morning to work out, and I, and I'm yeah. cold. Yeah. Humble brag. And, and, I, and, I, and I've got You know, I uh, roll yeah. over for my beautiful wife, and by 9.45, I go out, and I uh, run, and I aren't. Oh, Mr. Perfect <laughs> Pants. All right. Yeah, All right, Perfect out, Pants, Yamamoto. Out, when I first get outside, I'm cold. You know, I'm, I'm like, ooh, and then once I start the run, then I finally oh. warm up, and I feel good by the end of it. But I hate that initial feeling of open up the door and like, oh, I just love it. Inside. I love I it. I mean, I don't like it when it gets extreme, but I like when we were having, we are having beautiful days in Atlanta over the last week or two. And it's nice not you to be Christina sweating. Edwards. It's that El Nino, man. We're going to have a yeah, uh, cold winter. La, I'm more of a La Nina guy, but yeah, I'll like, take the El Nino or whatever. I don't, even, know the a, I don't the, uh, even think it's real. It's binary. I should get people to hate me by saying, I don't even think it's real. <laughs> he doesn't believe in the science. No. What science? Meteorology. <laughs> I don't believe. I what is that? La Nina, El, those two of the boats that Columbus come over. That's in. right. I believe in the Santa Maria. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That he doesn't believe in science. He's on the wrong side of history. Yeah. Uh, we ought to do one of these packages, right? Since I twice. You promised. What are we doing you, at six? Uh, six. We have Doctor Joe. Oh uh, yeah, Wednesday. I can't push him. You know what? Let's uh, we're getting we won't have any time to do anything. Let's do Doctor Joe and then six thirty to seven because this is the first time we're doing packages. Okay. And if we just play one, then did we really do packages? We did package, and we haven't even explained what packages is. So I'll, I'll explain now that uh, we get from CBS. Is it CBS? Who are we hooked up with now? CBS and CNN. With, and so uh, connections. Uh, we get uh, we get packages. As, as part of their radio network. Yeah. And they have national reporters who do packages. And now that we're getting into near Halloween and stuff, what we were going to do is all the goofiest Halloween packages. Oh, we're we eating... Yeah, we're we eating more... We're eating more candy corn this year or something like that. Uh, but we've decided, because we have so many packages, we have the Amazon Robot AI package, Michael Caine Retirement from Acting package, and the Boo Buckets package. Ooh, I want the Boo Buckets. Well, you're not gonna, then you're going to have to stick around. Okay. This is the long tease, because we're going to do packages, the first segment of packages, at the bottom of the next hour. For right now, we're going to help you get home, as we always do, back above the jam that is still described as awful. Hour three of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. Dr. Joe on deck. I don't have enough time, because Dr. Joe's here, but I wanted to... I had another idea for a new segment called uh, Favorite Headlines of the Day. could be for any reason. Okay. One of them today was... Uh, How'd you know that? Man caught in the act with stuffed animal. Oh, boy. No. I just want... Is Japanese? that your response? <laughs> Japanese? <laughs> no. Where? No, no, no. It's not no, no. It's not like one of those things in Asia where... Like a, a, an, an incel yeah, marries, marries a pillow, pillow or something. No, it's not gotcha. like that. Was it uh, a taxidermist? Or was it a like a teddy bear? <laughs> it was a teddy bear. Okay. Uh, are, uh, you, you were wondering if he was from Tokyo? No, Arkansas. Strangely oh. enough. 55 busted after cops saw a car rocking at 1245 a.m. An Arkansas How big cop. Was it? Uh, it was, I don't know. An Arkansas cop. The bear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an Arkansas cop last Sunday morning spotted a suspicious car parked outside a commercial storage facility that has been broken into 16 times this year. 
and 36 times since 2022. They need to hire a security firm. A sheriff's deputy noted that the vehicle in the question was seen rocking. When the cop looked inside the auto, he spotted Theodore, Morgan, Morgan, whatever, having sex with a stuffed animal. Theodore, short for, that's long Teddy. for Teddy. Yes. Oh, Morgavin, a divorced oh. father of three, lives about a mile away from the storage facility. So, you know, if I'm going to have sex with a stuffed animal, I might as well go to the parking lot of that place that's been uh, broken into 36 times in the last year. Yeah, you'll never months. get caught there. No, but nobody will ever think. Yeah. Or open a Build-A-Bear. Since... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many lines right there. Can't top that one. Let's go. Let's do this. It's time for Wellness Wednesday with Dr. Joe. He's out there free on $5,000 bond. So he should be. He's not a threat to society. He was actually getting it on. Why? Cops ruined it. First of all, how far does this twisted weirdo fantasy go? It's not enough to have sex with a stuffed animal in my own home. Right. Got to do it in a car. I have to be in a car where I can get caught. I'm guessing, this is only a guess. Mm -hmm. That uh, potty training did not go well you with this guy. Childhood I issues, think huh? some issues started very early on. That's my guess. Does he work for Walmart out of curiosity? Because I know that the big headquarters for Walmart is out there in Arkansas. In yeah, but that's Bentonville. Yeah, it is. Uh... He's, uh, I don't know. Not everybody from Arkansas is from Bentonville. Oh, I thought they were. That's a miss. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people think that's true, but, it, you know, a lot of people from Little Rock. Was it a male bear? West or Memphis. Bear? I don't know. Yeah. That's uh, none of your business, Joe. Well, they, they, they've got like <laughs> they have like a with the story on oh, smoking with the gun. bald head too. No, oh, you know, yeah. not, that's they... not the bear. It's just clip art. No, they, they have a bar over the bear's yeah, eyes. So you don't recognize yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Like the... <laughs> they do. All right, uh, Doctor Joe is here because it's wellness. <laughs> Let's Wednesday. get serious here. Come Let's on, or something like that. Yes. Let's not. You don't. You don't think having a. I think it's a very serious. Good. It's a good day. For the people of Arkansas, that this man has been busted, he's he will off not the be having. Well, yes. he's actually not. Five. How That's does a true. guy who has sex with a stuffed animal in the parking lot in Arkansas have five thousand dollars? Oh, he wait, he got bonded. All right, bonded. He got, yeah, uh-huh. he does the that bear thing. bonded him up. If, uh, yeah. <laughs> Free him, he's innocent. <laughs> it's not his fault. All right. Uh, well, Dr. Joe's here because we we look for the wellness angle in the current events, the mm-hmm. headlines. So toss them at us yeah. there. And usually we don't get Yamamoto. We don't usually get wellness stories from the Daily Mail, but we do. This is a uh, this first one. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, Are you okay? You, you gonna sit down? Well, for I, a second? I'm shocked uh, yeah, that, you, that we have one. He's gone. To, he's lost all the color in his face. Yeah, yeah, usually uh, we have all like the George Stein stories from here and everything, but we have a wellness story from here. Uh, Kelly Clarkson shocked her fans earlier this week as she unveiled a much slimmer physique in a new Instagram snap, and many are speculating that she's on Ozempic, guys. So I saw. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Kelly! I I saw the snap. Uh, that that wasn't done through gym exercise and uh, hard work. Oh, the other. No, that's fine. I'm throwing away all my belts and my high waisted, umpire waisted dresses. I am ready to go, baby. Ah, I got a divorce. I'm getting my second act. I know you're you're getting ready to go. Moving to to New York City to get do the show out of New York City, right? I'm New York to... City. Yeah. So, uh, Doctor Joe, yes, the Ozempic is and whatever. There's a couple other drugs like Mm -hmm. that, Wegovy or something like that. Uh These are diabetes drugs that they found out. Oh, people are losing a lot of weight, so now people are taking them without having diabetes. And I guess for now, doctors are on board because maybe we're all a little bit pre-diabetic anyway, and so Uh maybe if we kind of. But 
it is what these celebrities don't understand is now it has a look. Lady Gaga, some yes. of her fans are calling her Lady yeah. Ozempic. Yes. Uh-huh. There's just this look. It might be a good idea. You lose a bunch of weight, and I don't know if you keep it off. I don't know what, but yeah. is well, it dangerous? Yes, good. very dangerous. You won't keep it off. As soon as you stop taking it, studies are now coming out that you just gained weight right back again. Right. So you got to take it forever. Whatever. Yeah, and it can cause severe gastrointestinal problems, diarrhea, right. constipation. You don't mind, Kelly, do you? Diarrhea, I don't mind. Listen, I'll wait. I'll get off of it when I be a grandma or something, and then that's when you want to be big. You're a grandma, so you can be like squishable and lovable. Well, this okay. is the revenge body they're calling it after her mm-hmm. bitter divorce. Can I? Can wait I? Wait a minute. How's it a revenge body when the husband married the Kelly Clarkson that was not? The Ozempic ah, version. Right. He's seeking revenge by getting a guy that wouldn't do that for money. Is that she's saying that she was that, that that guy was a huckster the whole time? I'm thinking so. She better be careful More in like, public. I'm just resentful. Okay, and you, I just want to show him that right. like you can't have this anymore, I'm whether just, he wants it or not. I'm, t- I'm just saying that <laughs> him, uh, Kelly. you do have children, so be careful Woo, in public, constantly right. talking about how the husband. But this was oven a, is closed for business because <laughs> this body's on display now. Oh, uh, so she's saying that he was a gold digger, basically. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, right, but I have maybe. a question. What what? This Ozempic, whatever, must work really quickly. Yes, does, yes. But why not do like a ketogenic diet? Because if you do that, eating healthy ketogenic Boring. foods, you can lose weight quickly. Well, yeah, but well. you could do this and eat ice cream. Yeah, this just uh, shuts down true. your appetite. You just you eat right. this and you You're not don't, hungry. don't want to eat at all. And but so, when yeah. I was uh, younger, I was a little chunky in my mm-hmm. like, I don't know, 16, you 17. Were? I was a little mm-hmm. chunky. And oh uh, they, we had Dexatrim back then. Oh, yeah. now, I think that, that I think that there is a product still called that, but it's not that because whatever was the in there was, was in outlawed. No, this is before Fenfen. Yeah. Speed. Uh-huh. It was it was just straight speed. up speed. Dexatrim. And I, so I so I do remember taking it and having this weird now. Sharon Osbourne was on the Ozempic, and uh-huh. she says it was a nightmare. Like she her, she was constantly nauseated. She mm-hmm. took it too far. Yeah. You know all that. All I remember with, and it must have just been speed, because the Dexatrim, I remember my jaw being a little tight, but it was the weirdest thing. I just didn't get hungry. Yeah. Just, and it was just strange. I lost so much weight. Uh-huh. And Worked. Yeah, but it wasn't... Uh, no, it's not that, the healthiest uh, right thing. In the middle of it, it got outlawed. Yeah, it took So off. I said, like, oh, okay, if it's effective, hey, it's got to be against the law. Knock off a few years <laughs> of your life, but you look good. That's, I don't, that's and, then, and then years later, I tried it again because I gained mm-hmm. some weight, and whatever they replaced it with, yeah. it was just not... Yeah. Not that uh, high-grade speed I was used <laughs> and to. And I don't want to feel jittery. Yeah. yeah you know. And I don't want to only eat meat or whatever carnivores ate or yeah. whatever that diet is, yeah. Tim said. Well, you're just not going to eat anything. Sharon Osbourne said she would go a couple times. She went three to four days without yeah. eating anything. Mm-hmm. You just That's have insane. no appetite. Right. Okay. So this. So uh, what are we, like a year out before celebrities start dropping? And then we yeah. go, oh, well, yeah. what happened here? Yeah, this, the long-term studies will come out. They'll have yeah. lawsuits. They'll pay off the lawsuits. But I look good, Dad. On. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Get me a skinny casket. That's a pencil. Oh, that's right. She's going to take over Ellen's show, right? Oh, I is believe she's taking that slot. I'm it? actually a nice person. Unlike Ellen, oh, even no, though she's yeah. so nice to okay. me. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because I'm is, also a celebrity. Is it is it just being replaced by the Kelly Clarkson show, or is she actually going to take over for Ellen? And the Kelly Clarkson show is dead. I'm so confused, <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad you're looking good and feeling Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, uh, some come of these, here, give me a hug. No, I can, I'd love to, but you're not Aww, here. Some of these comments so on, sweet. on your Instagram, you. Kelly, are amazing. Kelly, you have been serving and slaying. So I know. Some, I know, girl. Some, 
People are all. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Because until the until the body presents itself, they're all like, "I don't care about that." And positive, <laughs> and blah blah blah. And then as soon as they got a rocking body, the first thing they want to do is show it off. Tell me what you think. Because it turns out we're all the same. The red alert continues on two. Yeah, Doctor Joe and I figured this out. The lawsuits will start coming next year oh. with the Ozempic thing. Uh, have you? Have you lost liver function as a result? (laughs) Believe me, Ozempic is going to be the mesothelioma of the future. All right, Dr. Joe is still here. It's still Wednesday. We all still seek wellness, so... Give me another Wellness Wednesday story. Well, new research from the Yamamoto. You got it, man. New research from the University of Michigan has found that ice cream and potato chips are just as addictive as cocaine or heroin. Uh, Dr. Joe, I don't know. I, um, hmm. (laughs) It it may be true. I lost my job from the Doritos. (laughs) You snorted them. That's why. (laughs) I guess you're not a. Uh, I was going to say something mean there. No, my whole family left me because I wouldn't stop eating Doritos. So uh, I can I could imagine that maybe it's true in the L if you really reduce it to drives, yes. but or like heroin brain response. Right, but heroin heroin's fallout is a little and, worse it, on yeah. your life yeah. probably. Although if you don't stop eating the burgers and you know chips suddenly you sure. wake up and you're 200 pounds and right. people are courting you. Next thing you. you know you're snorting Skittles off yeah, of a right. stripper's yeah. butt. <laughs> that's right. Hunter Biden knows. The last time I quit Doritos I was in my bed and I was sweating profusely yeah. and I looked up and there was a baby crawling on yes, the ceiling. Yes, yes, that's yes, right. It was, uh, it was a scene out of train spotting. Yes. No doubt. Lou Reed was playing in the background right, I yeah. believe. Uh, so, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, no, they they use something called the Yale Food Addiction Scale, and they test. That's people. a good one. That's as addiction, one. as food addiction scales go, that's, that's my personal favorite. The yes. Yale Scale. The Yale, Yale scale. scale. Yes, that's the standard. And what it does, it stimulates the part of the brain called the nucleus accumbens, and the nucleus accumbens releases dopamine. I and knew that, that. You knew about your nucleus accumbens. I know. Go yeah. ahead, but for the audience. Yeah, for, yeah, for the other people. Yeah, yeah. explain it a little further. Mm-hmm. And it releases dopamine, and then you get this rush of dopamine, and then you crash, and which then makes you want it again. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what's happening is when you do these things, it's the nucleus accumbens. And once you release a bunch, the brain downregulates. It says, I can't get that high again. Mm-hmm. So it downregulates. You never get that high. Well, that's what they say about heroin. Yes. They say that uh, you'll never, you, you spend, isn't that what they say? Chasing, Chasing the dragon. The dragon because Don't look at me. You have, well, I thought maybe you'd have a little experience. He's an oxy guy. Uh, exactly. I forgot. Uh, yeah. So you, you have this ultimate heroin high. Yes. The first time. The first time. Which mm-hmm. also, I've also heard that you vomit the first time. I don't so know that. the idea Jared? of having a good time and vomiting, I don't, but whether it's the first or second, time right you you get so it's nirvana yes and then you spend the rest of your heroin addiction trying to make that happen again and you never quite get there unless Uh. you're keith richards ah that's the secret well as he wrote in his autobiography he Uh said uh you shouldn't do it he's keith richards he gets the best oh i guess good stuff yeah it's not cut with a bunch of crap Uh, baby formula and yes yeah all that kind of stuff I don't know. I'd say I'm not. I'm not advocating that. By the way, kids, don't do it. Right. And you know what I'm. I'm talking about chips. Right. E- ever listen to Keith Richards? No. Life is nice. <laughs> uh, back up and over the two hour long. Doctor Joe, tell people how they can get more Doctor Joe. Sunday nights right here, seven o'clock. I'm live. I take questions. If you have any questions, you can send them to me through my website, drjoe.com. And most important thing you can do is make an appointment to come see us. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. Just go to the website, drjoe.com. We'll see you this week. And we all know that Major Tom is a potato chip junkie. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Joe. <laughs>
You have to understand, Mr. Yamamoto. Listen, I've been in the sounder shop here. I've been working hard. He went and made a uh, <laughs> uh, packages. Well, there was a, a package package. There was some. You pr- got a package package? You got a sound package for packages? There was a there was some production music called Little Packages, and so I made this, guys. Our favorite packages only on the Von Hessler Doctor. Now, why'd you speed her voice up like that? I don't get that. Are you like my wife? Do you think funny voices are funny? Listen, are you like my wife? I'll tell you how. No, I give my wife a pass because she comes from an English family, and they don't really have great senses of humor over there. They think dressing up and uh, putting on a funny voice is hilarious. Uh, are you like my wife? Answer, yes or how no. How about I tell you after this tease? Oh, what a tease. <laughs> oh, you are like my wife. Just like the wife. All right, before we open up the package of packages... Can you go back, play the beginning of that Bowie song again, Ashes to Ashes? I love this song. love this album, Scary Monsters. And I've, I've never... What is this noise? What is this? Is it just a synthesizer? Or the, what is doing that? What? George Clark. So during the break, you mentioned you wanted to find out. I listened to a interview with the producer. The producer, Tony Visconti. Yes, and he was using an old Wurlitzer in a studio, and the one of the channels wasn't working, so he's only getting a mono, and he was trying to fake a stereo, and, and he that's used how he got that tied wow. flanger, ah. and created the sound. Start it over again. Now that we know, <laughs> let's enjoy it. Now that we know it, turn it up. I just love it. I absolutely love this. Oh, can you not, let me know if you can't start it. <laughs> That's what it does. It does have that. It's all right, George. If it's too much to try to redo it, it's we have a weird feel. The bass popping in and out is beat like Seinfeld. Yeah. I'm wonderful ready for that sounder though. Wonderful song. I'm looking on Wikipedia. It says here that. Um, uh, commentators refer to this as Bowie's last great album. I don't know that that he. I don't know if that's true. He's put, he put out Let's Dance next. Commentators, yeah, modern love. Yeah, commentators. Yeah, it's like I don't know what that. Commentators. I have no idea what that means. But uh, Tater Tots. He, he had some Fries. success with that, but I think the next album, Modern Love, went into. Yeah, it was called. Uh, wasn't called Modern. Modern Love was a song off it. I, I thought that was the name of the, the album. The name of the album was Let's Dance, I believe. Oh, okay. But uh, I mean, he also I mean, he put one out in the early 2000s called Hours, H-O-U-R-S. Black that's Star, that last one. Black Star, the last one. is Tin Machine. That's tough, man. Black Star, <laughs> not Tin Machine. That was with Soupy Sales uh, Sons. Yeah. I don't know what that was all about. All right, let's, uh, I don't want to, okay, now I'm, it's been explained to me, much like after all these years, yeah. how Tony Visconti got that sound at the beginning of Ashes to Ashes. It's, you've explained why uh, the voice is sped up in this. Yeah, exactly. It's because the, the production music high- is called Little Packages. Yeah, I know, but our thing isn't called Little Packages. Our favorite packages, only on the Von Hessler Doctrine. And if you were going to use the little voice, why are you you'd using... Want, you'd want to say, like, little packages. Yeah, and why... But, we, so, because nobody knows yes. what the sounder's called. That's true. And That's also... we're shopping it, guys. Oh, I've made okay. it in five oh, minutes. Oh, shopping oh, your hey, face hey, right hey, now yeah, with yeah. criticism. That's what she's doing. She's workshopping her criticism <laughs> yeah. of, of Jared Yamamoto. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, Added to the file. <laughs> <laughs> the guy goes out, tries to create something for us. We go, yeah, boo! Loser. Yeah, you stink. 
Let's go lick the world. <laughs> All right, let's go lick the world. So what's our first package? These are uh, things that are sent to us by our affiliate. You know, you know, we are an affiliate of like CBS Radio. Yeah, we got CNN. Effect- CNN, are we which part by, of it? Which, by the I way. I knew it. Yeah, Whatever happened to my WSB, I knew it. Fox. Yeah, what happened to that? Yeah, the open mics were not happy when I mentioned that before. But yes, yes. we have uh, connections with CBS and CNN. And I figure... I knew it. Since we had Paul Stanley earlier, this is one of Paul Stanley's stories, so here's a package. The 1966 film Alfie helped seal Michael Caine's reputation as a new street-smart leading man. So I think this is the time we let people know. The news package, they're going to beginning, middle, and end. It's like a story. They're going to tell you a little story in a minute or two. Go ahead. The 1966 film Alfie helped seal Michael Caine's reputation as a new street-smart leading man. But now the 90-year-old says his latest film is his last. The only parts I'm liable to get now are old men, 90-year-old men. Well, maybe 85. His new gig, writing, which sure beats acting, he says. You have to get up at 6.30 in the morning, do a long ride learning the lines in the bloody car, and huh? then get there and work until <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. With writing, you don't have to get out of bed. All you need is a pencil and a bit of paper, and you can start. What Kane will never do, he says, is retire completely. Vicky Barker, CBS News, London. It is true. Apparently, he writes like spy now. Somebody look up. Oh, yeah, but every morning that I write a spider novel, <laughs> and he's got spies in, in a car that are door blown off and huh? then I go what? to somebody in my next movie in, no in my next let me finish in my next movie I probably play Joe Biden but I can't do an American accent no, no, you can't do it you know, you know Hugh Laurie who? Laurie Laurie <laughs> oh you go from house well, uh, let me tell you about house I, uh, okay, I mean, yeah, one time I said what are your book. books about? And so, I got a spy novel about a guy. He's a spy. He's a spy. Uh, it's he, like James Bond. He, no, no, nothing at all like James Bond. He's, 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 he worked for a government, right? Then uh-huh. He's more an administrative type uh-huh. of guy. And actually, he works for the MI6. Yeah. And all, all he does every single day is get up in the morning and make copies. <laughs> he's a copy maker for, but in part time, he yeah. works. He's a dual great agent. St- great story. Sounds dual like a great... agent. No, no, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> I've, I've let you finish. You, you just kept talking. Talking. Sir, sir, your your first book book is called a uh, Deadly Game. I know way. what my book up. is called. It's a deadly game. It, it's with two kids who are playing checkers in a pot, right? Yeah. And one, one guy pulls out a, a gun. bludgeon. He's not going to get a bludgeon in the head with a cudgel. A bludgeon with a cudgel. Oh, he got a fantastic imagination. You know, Michael Caine also came out and said how stupid it is that they have. I guess now when they do sex scenes, they have they a coach. Have, they have somebody there <laughs> what, who's there. What? They have somebody who's there to. I don't know what are they called. There's a name for. They do them. have a name. A something coordinator. Sex I don't know. Coordinator. Yeah, and Michael K was like, "You get it embedded, you do it." And I said, "Oh, there is. Why do you need that guy there?" Oh, go. Shouldn't cuck be wor- worked into the official name of the person who is on the set during a sex scene? Cuckologist. Just- <laughs> Intimacy coordinator is what it's called. Intimacy coordinator. coordinator. <laughs> or, they, you know, they could have used one of those on the movie uh, with Marlon Brando where he gets some butter. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, there's some bad stories coming out about no, that No in- intimacy or coordination there. I could never do a sex scene in a movie. Even back, go back to anybody that I had that I wouldn't be thoroughly ashamed of if people saw it. No? I could never. How Even could, if you're getting paid? No. They give you something to, you know, so nothing well, I'm not talking about porno. I'm talking about yeah. regular movies. I'm saying that you <laughs> don't get excited. Where, like, you know her husband and everything, and everybody's ringed around, just 50 but people that's in the room. Or say. <laughs> What's that? I think you've got years of acting under your belt, and so you're used to it. Yes. Yeah, uh, so now, let me finish. You, you, you go in that room, 
and there's a broad in there, right? Like uh-huh. a lady in there. She a got bird. her top off, a bird in there with the top off. You know, you're a gentleman. You don't get aroused. Right. You do your job. You do your job, and your job or is Or she's to... a body double. Well, I don't care. She's oh, still no, naked. Yeah, <laughs> she's still naked, and the jumbies are out. This See, is this is the body double jumbies, lady. Come on, then. Let's get this scene over with before tea. <laughs> <laughs> Did they drag this one out of the West End? Oh, no. Back to the spaghetti. Is this still going on? It's yeah. spaghetti jumbies. Guys, we're back. <laughs> I would imagine any tension there. No. Well, well, you know, he had the gig himself until you came along. I can understand how it might be a little bit of tension. Uh, we have another package. We sure do. I think this is the one that Tim Andrews really wanted right here. This is boo. This is uh, and w- by the way, we'll get more of these as we as we go through next week, the end of this week and next week. Uh, actually, what? No, Tuesday is. Uh, so when is Halloween? Is it next Tuesday or the Tuesday after that? The Tuesday after that. Okay, so we got a little time here where we're going to get more of these news packages with a hol- with the uh, Halloween theme. Hey, tomorrow, candy corn one coming. Get ready. <laughs> so this, this Americans one, are eating candy corn. <laughs> oh, and there's going to be people don't like candy corn. <laughs> Shut up! I know people that do. <laughs> what, what about Peeps? That's always going to come up. Nobody eats them, but everybody. Okay. This year, Peeps have gotten a spooky upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkin spice, jack o' lantern shaped peeps. All right, this is called Boo, boo Buckets. Boo Buckets. Here we oh, go. we get booed. Your kids probably have their costumes all ready to Stop. go. They've scouted. Stop, Autumn. Yeah. Do, just like do you it. have the voice right? That's, I just yep. want to know that you have the voice right now. I've got the voice ready. Parents across the nation. Your are kids probably booed. have their costumes all ready to go. They've scouted out their trick or treat <laughs> loot to get the ultimate <laughs> amount of loot, but they still may need something to put all that candy in. McDonald's is back with trick-or-treat Boo Buckets. What do you put in your McDonald's Halloween pumpkins? Boo tea McBoo, matey. It's almost like a commercial for McDonald's. first introduced back in 1986. Starting tomorrow, they can choose the perfect scary pale, a green monster, orange skeleton, white mummy, or new this year, a purple vampire. What you put in them is up to you. Stacey Lynn, CBS News. Stacey, that was a free advertisement for McDonald's is what that was, right? What can I say? I'm a complete shill. <laughs> you know, I, I and nothing against, uh, I'm sure she's a wonderful person, but suffering Stay from stock, that thing, awesome. that, that thing that uh, they used to teach when I first got into radio, and you know, they even maybe told me this, but I could see other people, DJs, being, they, they tell you to smile while you're talking yeah. because yeah. you convey good vibes and and, and and there's some truth to that, but anything can be overdone. Ugh. Your kids probably have their costumes Smile. all ready to go. They've scouted out their trick-or-treat route to get the mm-hmm. ultimate amount of loot, but they still may need something to put all that candy in. McDonald's oh. is back with trick-or-treat Can you imagine? buckets. Oh, all that candy in. Let's all talk with a smile on our face. Man, if I was a kid, yeah, got a pillowcase. Go out there with the pillowcase. It changes so much in the way that you present your thoughts and ideas if you just smile all the while. I'm going to TP this house. <laughs> <laughs> we did that when we were kids as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get the some bur- parents are dealing with eggs being thrown at their houses. <laughs> yes, Walgreens has the best soap for window soaping. <laughs> Try Ivory Spring. <laughs> I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the Burger King crown bucket yeah. to compete yeah. with this one. They call it the Clorox days. <laughs> I gotta go. They say. They say. 
that there's if your a neighbor different... comes out with a cloth and asks you, does this smell like chloroform? Parents should be aware. <laughs> <laughs> your kids probably have their costumes all ready oh, to go. They... Gosh. They're putting <laughs> razor blades in apples. You... What? If a stranger invites you into their home <laughs> and throws you into their basement, please make sure that Halloween is a safe trick-or-treating round. And always smile. Even Shut when... up and just get behind him the way you should. Shut up. Don't do that. <laughs> Shut up. Make sure you have Candy, a belt so you Halloween. can bite it. <laughs> The best way to check if there is a razor in the apple is to take a bite. What's the connection between the show Kung Fu and the band In Excess? <laughs> they both lemons. <laughs> <laughs> they both misplaced their lemons, as we all have from time to time. All right, that music is telling me two things: shut the hell up, get the hell out. Everyone knows. We're done with I, boo buckets. I comply. We're done with Boo Buckets for now. We're done with Boo Buckets. It's time to end the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Ann Smiley Face. <laughs> All right. we. Uh, how do people get the uh, post-show 30? Von Hester Doctrine Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and also at X.com. We'll start right at 708 on all those platforms. 30 more minutes of this here show in both sight and sound. we got to come back. And i got to. We want to come back tomorrow with another great radio show. That'll start at 4 p.m. You're all invited to join us. But until then, continue on your journey. Do not piss off the genie. Absolutely. Welcome to the Post Show 30. Oh, me? I'm Eric Von Hessler. Them? Jared Yamamoto and uh, that's right. George Clark, just a three-hander today, right? Well, I can't believe you still haven't acknowledged that the this open right here, Grizz, is on a hiatus for music. Can I believe? I you? didn't notice. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was always been. <laughs> it, it was uh, tragic. He's one of the. He's a bigger artist amongst yeah, people our age. Yeah, I know. Well, you, George you Clark, like... you're an old soul, man. So, so you 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 don't pay attention to the young music anymore. I had my uh, EDM phase. It's not, he's not even EDM. He's more than that. He's uh, he gets up there and he plays a sax and everything like that. Oh, he often plays with bands and everything, too. I'm sure he's very good. But you say the younger stuff. Isn't he like 45 or something? How Chris, young, how young good, is that? Good question. I'd say probably late 30s. You know, yeah, yeah. One of the yeah. OGs I rang in. 2011, I rang in with Bass Nectar. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And then you grew out of it, as exactly. most people do. Well, Absolutely. I was going to say exactly that. Yes. Well, Bass, ne- <laughs> so, Bass Nectar got canceled, and Bass Nectar has a certain sound, right? That's, it, not, this, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that he went through a phase. And then he said, "Ah, you know, I want some words. Yeah. I want some, uh, want some uh, little deeper meaning." And then was, somewhere along the line, how did you discover mm-hmm. that music from the past was way better than the shit that was being put out in 2012? Well, I still love new music. I, no, I still I'm not saying to you don't all the time. Um, how do I know that it was better? Than but even the new EDM. music, even the music that you listen to, is still kind of, if there's anything left of that type right. of, it's it's from what I know of you, it's usually. A band, maybe a newer band yeah. that maybe I'm not aware of, but it's still that old, not, right. kind of archetypal way of how. Oh, it's a band with an album. I like them. They go on tour. Oh, they've got another album coming out. That whole thing. So I don't think I discovered it after my bass nectar phase. I think I read. You know, kind of went back. And oh, I, I see. grew up with classic rock and all that. Oh, yeah. that's right. So if you have it around you, I would think that people grow up with classic rock and they'd just be like, "I get out of this house. <laughs> I'm never listening to this shit again as long really? as I live." Yeah, uh-huh. see, see, my house, my house was full of Tom Petty and full of uh, Fleetwood Mac and everything. Your house and, and is. 
Well, House in particular, like when I was really that's what your mom used to listen to. Yeah, Yeah, she she was definitely listened to all that stuff, and then she got into like the '90s music and the 2000s music too. My dad surprisingly more into rap and stuff like that. More really, yeah, interesting. But you never expect after after. I know. I can't. I don't. He likes Chingy and stuff like that. Like all the uh, all all the all the 2000s rappers and everything. Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. I'm sure there's plenty of good stuff there, I but very, I don't have the time. The I bands a, I remember listening to in the car as a kid were the Buzzcocks and Oasis, because my mother's oh, British. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know much about the Buzzcocks. I know that uh, I'm... Who's the lead guy? I'm familiar with him. I can't uh, remember his name. Is it... Uh, they rule. It's not Cochran, is it? Got, that yeah. does sound kind of right. Bruce Cockburn, maybe? Feel like, maybe? But I'm, I'm no, I don't really know enough about them. There's a lot of bands Diggle. that... Huh? Steve Diggle. Yeah, we were very close. <laughs> I was like that close to. So I jiggle be, Diggle. I must be thinking of another band. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know what? Music is subjective, and that's true. But um, I think what what what, the, what what was done in the from 1955 to about 1995 in terms of pop music, I just don't think will ever be surpassed. Well, I think I think one thing that is is become so true, especially. Now jumping into my mid thirties is I go through phases all the time now. Like where I, I'm going I'm starting to enter into kind of more of a rap phase now. Like I've been listening to the new Drake album a little bit. And again, I'm not a, the biggest Drake fan. You I'll, I'll tell you drag I'm me being to honest. A Drake. I find Drake to be the most boring human being. I don't know his music at all. He might be the greatest pop song writer in history for all I know. I just find his persona and the hymnness of him, Drake, is in the house yeah. as absolutely banal and boring. In, in, in my opinion, that, that that's how it's been for a while, too. Like, I, I haven't really like, enjoyed, I'm not talking about the music because I don't know the music. I, I haven't enjoyed him over the past couple of years. But for some reason, I heard that new song, Money for Fun. And I, I, I know it's he's featured on the track, but it made me go back and start listening to more and more of it. That annoys me, the featured on the track. That annoys me. Um, uh while my guitar gently weeps, George Harrison song. It's about a guitar. It's about responding to the world, and it has unbelievable guitar and an unbelievable guitar. And George Harrison was the lead guitarist of the Beatles, but he doesn't play guitar in that song, and neither does any other Beatle. Eric Clapton does, and it's nowhere on the album. No one knew that until somebody said it, and it came out. So, like, there was like no a ghost guitar. They didn't. They didn't uh, say, "Hey, Eric, you've got an audience. Let's see if you let's feature you." It's just like, you know, no. The best person that we know that can do this and pull this off the right way or whatever is is this guy. But it was never touted. No one. I mean, for the longest time, people just assumed it's George's song. He's the lead guitarist. It must be. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people figured out early it wasn't his sound, but. What I'm saying is it was never part of the materials, the packaging. And I just – this n- weird thing that goes on where I'm a rapper that's got a pretty big audience, but I'm not Drake. I wonder, like, what are the what are the deals that go on behind the scenes in the two camps? Because if, you're, if your collab is with Drake, Drake's bringing an audience to you. For sure. For the most part, no matter how big your audience is. That's got to cost you something. You think? I, I, yes. I, I, see, I think- unless you tell me that it's his record label and it's his – it's his group, and he's he's got a reason to jump in and maybe boost sales a little bit. But there's some kind of deals that are made behind the scenes oh, yeah. from these different camps of who's going to feature on what and how that's going to go. And it's all based on, well, your following is this much bigger. I've got a big following, but uh, or, and maybe maybe uh, the smaller following, even though pretty large, is a 
a little edgier or mm-hmm. seen as and, and whereas the or, the bigger diehard yeah the bigger artist is now maybe seeing a little too mainstream or whatever okay here's a pr- quid pro quo I can bring you more people yeah. you can bring me a little more well, edge in, per- in particular the, the what I'm referring to with the money for fun the artist that put it together his name is Yeet and he's like kind of like a white rapper and so he's he's very very new on the scene is anybody named Fred anymore Jim <laughs> no no and Yeet decided to put Drake on the track because, again, the exposure does work out. But I do think that Drake actually goes out there and fully tries to highlight rappers that are up and coming. And tries I don't even to think of him as a rapper, and I don't even know his stuff. I just thought he was like a pop singer or yeah, something. He's kind of I have no pos- idea. Pop rap crossover. I, just looking at him from afar and not knowing his music, I just look at him as somebody, this guy somehow understands cultural zeitgeist where it's going next and he's really good at positioning himself five minutes before something is there mm-hmm. he's there yeah. and that's a skill i mean that is a commendable skill only but taylor I, swift beats him there i see him more as like a bit uh, like a businessman that i could look up to than somebody else oh i want to listen to that guy's songs well, like I'll, i don't I'll, I'll i find give, it to be boring i'll give a review of his album i'm going through yeah, it right now good. the and only I'll, criticism i've heard is he tries to please too many audiences yes like there's like a dance track on there right and, and it's, does each one feature somebody yeah, different exactly, right? to me yeah. that's annoying like if you if look if people get together and they work hey we've been working hey let's work together on a track, that's but this it's the same thing it's like okay on this track we'll bring in this person so we'll get a dance crowd and on this track we'll bring in you know and then like then it ends up something bizarre like halfway through side two is like featuring Metallica yeah. the person know? that was <laughs> yeah, the person that was criticizing him was like don't put out a twenty two song album trying to please everybody put out a ten song rap album Didn't, that uh, does. Awesome. Didn't Beyonce get the same criticism on the last one? Oh my one? Yeah, she well, did. Yeah. Yeah. She like won. She she, and again, this is just me because there is a hyper focus on this show about my love for EDM in particular. But you know, I do like a lot a lot of other music out there. But opera. What, I know you're what, a big what, fan what, of the opera. Oh, <laughs> huge opera fan. What uh, What really got me upset was when the song um, and then now, now of course uh, you won't uh, break my soul. Break my soul was the name of the song by Beyonce came out. She ended up beating Rufus the Soul and Diplo for the top. Electronic album of the year, the Grammys, and it's like oh. that is bullshit. Well, that like, happens. That's, that's the Diplo what, is way more talented. When the big than star comes in, in, in electronic music, yeah. When the big star comes in and you know, goes huge. into no, it's not. He's just Beyonce. No, there are very no. few acts that you know. Taylor Swift is one. Beyonce, who else? That's in that it's modern. Huge. Like I know McCartney Drake. can go on tour, but that's I have a big, thing. My, my big four right now are Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Drake, and Morgan Wallen. Those are your big four right now. Really? Your big, your top artists. Yeah, but in who the world can right you can you say that? And I know how big Drake is, but can Drake book Wembley for six straight nights? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I would. I mean, maybe not six, but he could do six. For, yeah, I would. I wouldn't we're be talking about you know overall Drake, like five hundred thousand abso- people. Absolutely, he's Drake. I mean, he's can do massive. That. Drake I, is I know massive. he is because yeah. I can't. You know, I can't. I can't not know who he is, even though I don't listen to his music. So I know, <laughs> yeah. I know that he's everywhere. But I just find it to be boring with his. Um, I don't know. It's like, hey, this is the team that I like, and I just like, he's just he's like a he's like your friend who's like uh, like he's really good at giving you gambling tips or something. But other than that, you don't really. He's like uh, I know everything <laughs> about sports. So, <laughs> he reminds me of the friend that changes when he's around girls. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's a good way You're to talking it. about being uh, P-whipped. Not even P-whipped, just like a but whole on his new better behavior. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. And just different, you know. And Isn't that of, something with your friends? Just like, yeah, we're going to have fun. And you're like, oh, no, you're not going to be fun tonight <laughs> at all. 
Oh, you're around her. Okay, so you're going to be this, Eric, or you're going to be this, Uh, No, it wasn't me. I I was always like, (laughs) uh, at the end of the night, this is before we said things like at the end of the day, but at the end of the night, I can go home, take care of myself. That'll take 15 yes. minutes or so. And uh, and then look back at the whole night where I was myself with my friends doing the things that I like. I'm not giving you 17 hours because you might have sex with me. No, I'm going to have fun with my friends because I know what that's going to be. Yeah. That's going to be fun. This and could be. Yeah. Guess what? That's going to be more appealing to the ladies when they see you having fun but naturally. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably yes. you're right. Yeah. Yes. You're probably right. Well, but I, I hated friends who would change when they went on the hunt. It's like, why am I even here? You're usually fun. You're not fun right now. And as a matter of fact, you're making me angry. You're making <laughs> me angry at you that I'm here in your presence. Well, you know, you knock on every door in this bar. There are a couple of moments where we'll end up busting balls about that, too. When, when some of our friends are doing that, we're just like, okay, like, do you want us to be here? Because if you guys wanted to go on a date, mm-hmm. go on a date by all means. But right now, like, this yeah. is boy time or this is bro time right now. This is well, what we're doing. Well, we know. I must have that's stupid. I donn't believe in bro time. But, what? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> have night out with the boys? Come on, boys night? Well, what happens is at certain ages, it just turns out that most of your friends are the same sex you are, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, it's. I never thought, hey, boys night. It's just like, well, I'm going out with my friends. And it turns out most of the people. Friends are, night. Friends night. <laughs> Here we go. I'm not saying that we'd always have to, hey, we have to have a couple ladies with us or anything like that. I'm just saying I never looked at it as, hey, it's boys night. It's bros night or anything like that. It's just like, hey, let's get together. We're friends. We know how to have fun. Let's just have one of those nights. That's what you got. It's, it's one, one of, of those, those nights. nights. Hey, we're going to have those fun. Nights. <laughs> those nights. Those nights. Everybody uh, everybody seems to need, not everybody, but a lot of people seem to need some sort of uh, title for different aspects of their life or like as a chapter or something like that. Boys Night. Oh, I can <laughs> tell you some stories. Ooh, you don't want to see me on Boys <laughs> Night. Boys Night. Otherwise known to everyone else alive as Friday. <laughs> <laughs> We've given it a special name. No ladies are allowed. Well, you know what's you know what you know what I find the guys who do that are the guys who are most pussy whipped in the regular life. I know. They figured out a way. They get the empress, the oh. princess, the lordess of everything in their lives to somehow say, "Well, yes, you can do it." You know what? It's not boys' night, and you're not still one of the boys if you had to ask permission whether or not you could attend boys' night. Yeah, I feel boys' night is, honey. I'm I'm gonna go hang out with the with with, with the boys tonight. Why? Well, we just haven't done it in a while. That's, it's cool with me. If it's not cool with you, then you're just gonna have to sit here and eat that all night long. I'm gonna go hang out with the with the boys. And, and really, you have be. nothing to and, say and about. And that's it. how it should be. I know that sometimes you'll have like a follow up question about it, but then right. overall, it's like now yeah, if you're I'll... doing it all the time and you're being a complete jerk in a relationship, and somebody say, hey, well, you know, what am I chopped liver? Then fine if they have a real case. But if it's like you know, sometimes I like to get the, get the, oh, yeah, what do you do? Well, if I wanted you to know that, I'd take you. <laughs> <laughs> we generally uh, make jokes with each other that uh, we all know amongst one another is never going to end up at HR or anything like that. And uh, the fact of the matter is uh, sometimes when you and your friends join us, uh, we can't be as funny together do as th- we usually are. Do you think we'll ever get to a point where they regulate, like, bar talk and stuff like that? Because we already bar, have. Bar, this guy got yeah, thrown got out of a bar for wearing running. an Alex Jones T-shirt. You were in East Atlanta Village, though, right, when that happened? What do you I mean? mean he should have known better? 
He should have known better? No, no, no. That's not In what East I'm Atlanta saying. In East Atlanta Village, that's, you're not allowed to uh, at, like Alex Jones? I would it's say, a bit like going to a gay bar with like a hot woman on your shirt. Is no, that no. Of, it's no. more like going to a gay bar with like a picture of DeSantis on your Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in the e- in EAV, you you just have a, a type of person that's going to be there. And you know what? I did I did think about this. I don't think it would happen now. I think it was such a politically charged time, maybe like right. right around the yeah. election and stuff. But I, it is it was weird. I feel like if you- I don't know why you would wear an Alex Jones shirt. I don't know why people wear shirts that declare themselves. Like I have no bumper stickers. I don't even have. I don't even like all the radio stations I've worked at. There's no. I don't have like the bumper stickers. I have nothing like. I don't did you ever want, take? Did I don't you even got, have a bill sticker on my car. What, was like, what about the? Uh, I know it must have been on the old car. The Eric Von Line. Did, yeah, that, because that's when I didn't have radio, and we were decided that's when I was going to start my own. That's where this show. Well, that show. Well, the I radio remember, show. I, yeah, I was there. And so we printed. Uh, I thought, well, I better put it on mine because I actually own. This. But it's not. So that was more like, I think I'm starting a business here. I better slap that on my car. But if I don't have a Bill's bumper sticker, I'm not going to have any kind of yeah. bumper sticker. So I don't I don't like to wear things that declare to the world what I believe or who I am and then walk into a room because now I'm not really going to get to know the people in the room. Now I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get reactions. That being said, um, I knew a girl for a while when I was uh, – uh, 15, and I was already, I'd already quit school and I was working. And uh, this girl that I worked with and uh, hung out with for a while, she was dark. She was, she was, she was like not enough Black Sabbath for her in this world. And she would just, this is 1980. So, yeah, 1980. So I probably just turned 16. And uh, she would just show up wearing a t shirt that just said fuck on it. No, fuck you. We'd say fuck you, and we'd be like okay. And we get into we get into an elevator at the store that was the re- the restaurant that we worked at. Crazy, it's called the Budgeteria. I like it was, that. It was, it was in the budget section. Yeah, it was like the bu- yeah. in the budget section of the department store. <laughs> they had one up for the rich folks. They had the Jet Terrace, the and then down there the Budgeteria, the Richeteria, the Budgeteria, and uh, yeah, we both worked there in the kitchen and. That's how we met, but boy, she was dark. But yeah, walk if you walk into an elevator at two in the afternoon, and the person you're with has a black T-shirt on that has white lettering that just says "fuck you," and it's not small. (laughs) And she loved it. I hated it. I mean, I liked back then when I was younger. I did like kind of messing with people a little bit. That whole thing you go through where you pretend you're wounded and just to see how people react and all that kind of stuff. But I wasn't in your face like that. No, there is a little bit of something a little antisocial about the Alex Jones shirt. You're, it's a little. Bit I mean, of you kind of knew when you're going out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you kind of knew that yeah, this you is going to be down the belt line and not get a couple looks. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anybody should should have stopped you from going in that bar at the time. But they should have shunned him. Is what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got escorted from my seat to the door. Yeah, see, that's pretty ridiculous. However, you could have sued. By the way, you probably could have sued if you didn't do wow. anything. If you didn't engage. If you didn't go in there causing any trouble, if you didn't engage with somebody or a fight almost starts or somebody said something mild to you, but your reaction to them was way over the top, as long as that wasn't there, if they just physically removed you because of the shirt you were wearing. It was customers that did it. Does that change it? No. Right. I guess customers feel offended in your bar. No, no, no. If you own a bar, you you are responsible for the rights yeah. basic civil rights inside the bar. I mean, if somebody started beating somebody to a pulp, 
Oh, it's the customers. <laughs> well, you didn't get involved? True. Well, I cleaned up the blood, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I, I had to mop it up. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> Smeared everywhere. Uh, you could have had a Morgan and Morgan case. Could have called George Stein. Could have called George Stein. That's mm-hmm. what I should have said. I was trying to be funny because <laughs> Morgan and Morgan is funnier. But uh, <laughs> yes, you should have. I, you know what? We're going to ask that in the next George Stein. We're not going to name the place or anything like that. Yeah. But just for um, uh, just to, to know whether or not you would have. You don't have a case now because it was so long ago. But I want to know. If you, if you, I think you would have had a case. I don't know if you would have won, but I think you would have had a case. Roger forty seven on Twitch says might have claimed a quote dress code. Uh, maybe, maybe it broke the dress code policy again. That neighborhood is, is were other is people very wearing. Very I know any dress code. Yeah. Dress code is not usually because you like a personality that somebody else doesn't like. Dress code is no one's allowed to wear t shirts or no one's allowed to wear t shirts that have personalities on them. Right. Dress code isn't. I don't like the person on your T-shirt. Now, obviously, you could write things on your T-shirt that are so wildly offensive, everyone would understand, get the fuck out. You know, you could have like that, that one Die Hard movie where he had to oh, God. put the thing around his neck. Have you ever seen that on TV? No, what is it? Oh, my God. I can't even remember what it is. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Is it the third? Second? Third. I think it's the, th- it's the second or the third, but he's made. He's made, I'm not gonna say, he's, he's made to wear a sign. And walk into an inner city neighborhood, and the sign oh, yes, has I the N word yes, on it. I do remember and this. And on yes. a regular, on regular TV, the thing that they change it to <laughs> is so innocuous. I understand them changing it. I think it would have been better if they just would have put the pixels on yeah. there, and then people could have known that it was something that's offending the people in the neighborhood. But they change it to something. I wish I weirdos. Yeah, we really, it is so innocuous. Like, why is he so panicked and freaked? out? And then the people you're like, you're looking at the thing that it says on TV. You're like, why is the, why are all these people in this neighborhood getting so angry? It makes no sense. (laughs) It makes no sense at all. But uh, hey, we're going to see a lot of that movie coming up soon, so because the holidays are right around the corner. So. Well, the first one, not the. I mean, that's the, the only one. That's considered they usually a show. They usually show the other ones during the holidays. So I, the holidays I only saw marathons. the first one a few years ago because my my son Ian was like, "Okay, that's enough. You're it, watching it's Die not a, Hard. It's not a Christmas movie." Well, some people think it is. You it's know not. what I think? It's not a great movie. How about really? that? Really, Die Hard. It's I okay. It, it's like a great action. I think play. he does a. I think there's some good action, but there are so many just tropes. You know, uh, the the cop, who is a yes. good actor. I've seen him in other things. Just an absolute just trope. He's eating donuts while the. Yeah. <laughs> I nice mean, guy. it's just so and, and uh, you know the boss and the thing. I mean, there's par- elements of the movie are very good. The villain is very good. I can't remember the Alan actor's Rickman. name. Yeah, he's really good. And I do like the fact that I won't ruin it, but when you find out why he's doing it, yeah. and that being so simple, right. I liked that. But all of the, you know, the guy who drove the car, and the you know, just there's just a lot of characters in there that are just so, you know, central casting. You know, just like just tropes. You I know? like it. It's a, it's. Quite, I thought it would be better than that for an over the top action movie. It's quite believable. He never does anything. Like, he's believable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. I think that he's really good in it, and I think that inside the building when everything's going down, I think that's pretty good. But the opening with the big bear and this like, okay, we know we're going here. Things aren't going to be so great. Hey, let's set it all up. His marriage isn't going very well. They're not living in the same place. He doesn't have to see us again. And it's a total red herring because as soon as he walks into the building, none of that shit matters anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just, 
But uh, it's good. Don't get me wrong. But after all those years of hearing people talk well, about not, it. Not a reigning endorsement here. I thought it would be better. <laughs> I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. If you ask me, it's worth it. I'm glad I saw it. But I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to have some depth to it that would get me a little deeper rather than just, oh, popcorn, cool, fun time. Which is nothing wrong with that. My, what, what, what's, uh, give me a review scale. Like, what would I do? Like one, uh, uh, zero to ten. How about that? Zero being zero the worst, ten. ten being the best. The best? Now i got to compare it to <laughs> yeah, the like best so movies Citizen ever Kane, made. Citizen Kane is ten. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, the Whale being a nine. Why, how do you know that I think The Whale's a nine? Because I know how much you liked it. I did like it a lot. I, like I, might, I might peg it at eight, Mixed-reviewed movie I've ever... I've ex- the people whale? told me it's crap and the acting's horrible and then people say it's I don't crap, know what the I whale is great. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I told him know. this in the studio. He didn't believe me. I'm like, I'm like, watch it. I think watch it's very. It. I think it's very. Um, it was a play, so it there there is a lot of acting that's going mm. on, but I I hope people aren't talking about him. I mean, Autumn kind of said that. I think that. I think his acting is and what about the daughter? Fantastic! I find the daughter to be oh yeah, Matt, great. Really? Which again, uh, she got her great acting skills from Stranger Things. That's uh, Max oh, from Stranger that? Things. Yeah, she's the redhead, oh, the redhead in Stranger Things. Yeah, the one that ends up in the upside down world. I don't want to spoil too much because you haven't gotten further yet. She, I don't. No, I don't no, think no. She, in, I, in the first season with the big I, I glasses, the first one that goes down in the pool. No, and, uh, no, no, no. That's uh, so she. I think she gets introduced in season two. Oh, okay. So, so I not, haven't you're seen not her there yet. But she, she may be in season one, but just very. I think briefly. she's fantastic in the movie. I, now, when the when the mother comes in, that's a little actory, but still pretty good. It's more like a play. It's. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole thing happens basically in one room. You go to. the in the bathroom and in the bedroom a couple of times, but yeah. and it's on basically the porch. In one, out on the porch a couple of times. Um, but I don't know. I, listen, things resonate differently with people. I have to watch it myself. I would give if the scale is where I'm putting zero to ten. If I'm putting the whale at eight, which I would. Okay, not not nine. You put it at eight. I'm putting it at eight. If okay. I'm putting where Citizen Kane, Citizen Kane is ten. a ten. Okay, although I'm not arguing that it's the greatest movie of all time. There's Beside some other, Adventure, where does that fall? Beside Adventure. Yeah. Strong seven. Okay. Wow. The whale is better than Poseidon Adventure. Okay. That's... Well, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the whale you is love better. Poseidon Adventure. I, it was I the mean, first that, I mean... movie I ever saw in a theater. I'd seen movies at drive-ins before. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I guess I would give Die Hard a six on that scale. Okay. Where I'm giving the whale an eight. I can't give. I can't give the whale an eight and give. Die Hard a seven. That's uh, not possible. David gives Die Hard a nine. Jerry gives it a seven point five. Right. So, well, you see, people. Lower it's than uh, it's uh, subjective. You know, these things are. I'm trying to think of like um, Unforgiven's up there as a ten. For me, that's such a great movie. My dad got me into that one. I, I remember he would watch it all the time. He had the DVD for it, and I just. I always said it was boring. Like, like I was, it is well, boring. I was, I, was, uh, well, I was a little kid at first. Yeah. I'm like, why are you watching this? It looks so stupid. And then I finally got to the age right. where I was probably like 14 or something like that. And I watched it. I was like, holy shit. You know, this I is hated awesome. it the first time I saw it. I saw it at the theater. I was, with, we, I was in a, a group called Spilt Milk and a comedy group, three of us. And, you know, we were just up and down the uh, New York State throughway. You know, doing gigs, and so you'd have your days to yourself. Shows wouldn't start till eight, nine o'clock at night, and uh, and we were, you know, so we were all in one. We'd always like being, you know, two beds, three people, hotel room kind of thing, and so during the day, you know, we were we were poor, and so we we'd find some sort of buffet that we could eat as much as we possibly could, and then uh, 
and then, you know, take in a movie. And that was what happened one of those days. I wanted to see Unforgiven. And I sat there in the theater, and for, I don't know what happened. I, it's, just, it's like I was expecting it to be something else, and I did not appreciate it at all. Really? I thought it was boring. I thought it was overrated. And now I've probably seen it 25 times, and it's one of my favorite movies. I don't know why. I just don't know why it didn't click with me the first time. But watch. It's movie? one of those movies. It could be. Oh, uh, watching um, uh, uh, that movie over and over again, like Citizen Kane, you could see new things. No matter how many times you watch it. And it's always great for me watching Unforgiven. Uh, it's like it jumps out when I go, oh, I didn't notice that. Like the, it's, and it's so poetic. Um, there's uh, before all the shit goes down, uh, one of the, uh, the whores, as they're called in the mm-hmm. movie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. Cody um, of course. She looks out the window. You know, there's a storm coming. Like I never picked up on that one. Like because just starting to get, like, there's a storm coming. And then, like, everything that happens after it, you know, happens after it. Uh, it's just so many. The parallel writing. Man, if you want to be a writer of anything, but especially screenplays, I would just study that movie over and over and over. Because the key to satisfying writing, not just a good story, this is what I've found, not that I'm a practitioner of this or know this, is parallel structure. And Unforgiven has some of the best. I mean, there are points and counterpoints everywhere. The, uh, the, um, the Duke of Death, Duck, I says. The Duke of Death. Um, the kid who's riding with Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman. That kid, now this is, not, this is something you have to come to the conclusion of. It's not spelled out. But that kid was raised on books like the ones that were written by the guy who's in the town. And so he romanticized the idea of being an outlaw. And so he gets it all from the romance. And then I'm not going to say, but, you know, what happens happens. And he realizes I can't be a part of the hell out of here. Um, and then later, uh, the, the writer in the big scene at the end, one of the first things he says to Clint Eastwood is uh, – who he took out first, and he, and he says something like, uh, uh, the, the, the wise gunfighter takes out the such and such first, and, and Clint's like, uh, oh, well. <laughs> 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 and, and, he, uh, and two times, uh, that writer, uh, first Gene Hackman and then Clint Eastwood, who have a parallel structure in this as well, um, when they meet him, the first thing they say is, uh, he says, I'm a writer. Says, uh, letters and such? <laughs> <laughs> but there are so much parallels. There are so many parallels going on. Gene Hackman trying to build the house, and the rain keeps, like, no matter what he does, he's trying to keep guns out of the town. He's, it's, it is an absolute, it's just a brilliant display of parallel and par- parallel structure. And, and again, I don't write screenplays. I don't write books. I don't. This is just as somebody who appreciates these things. That's what I've come to see is that when a movie really has feels like it's layered and deep to you, usually it's because the writer has engaged in parallel structure in such a way. And it's everywhere. It's like in a sitcom, they call it A, B, and C. Right. You've got the A plot, B plot. A plot is most of it. B plot's a little bit of a counter to it. And then there's a C plot that's just kind of goofy and doesn't really connect to anything else but we, brings it all together. We've talked about that with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in particular, how right. there's like the A plot, the B plot, the C plot, and then and, and, and good 
I know it's a television show comparing it to a movie right there. Right. But well, it, good it, writing it, is good writing. But much like in Unforgiven, I can see exactly what you're talking oh, about by breaking it down like that. By the way, this reminds me, and now it's very late. I do want to talk about this. I watched the first episode of the reboot of Frasier. Yeah. God damn, that was terrible. Wow, really? bummer. Every, everything that you could do wrong with a reboot of Frasier, I feel like, because Frasier was ahead of its time. Now, they did have a laugh track, but it was erudite, and, but it was perfect because it had a wide audience because they liked it. They, they got a, he's smarter, it's okay because he's also bumbling and he's going to get in trouble or whatever. But they had a kind of a thing where it didn't feel like other sitcoms. There was a laugh track, but they didn't overdo it. This one just feels like it might as well be that uh, Cat Cafe show. Oh, like man. it's all in the first five minutes. First of all, at this point in 2023, when we have Always Sunny and stuff like that, there should be no laugh track for Frazier. He's older. Just get writers to write it in such a way like it's Always Sunny or comedies that don't need a laugh track. Because when you have a laugh track, you're writing the punchlines every two seconds, which is not about life. None of us has ever stood in the in the kitchen and just ba 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 ba. That's how my yeah. wife and I talk. Is that how you talk? Yeah. Yeah. They should have done something really cool with it. In the first five minutes, they're in the airport, and he's coming back to Boston. And uh, I guess he's going to give a lecture or something. And he meets the professor. And so he leaves is, Seattle then, okay. So he's then. leaving Seattle. So this is Well, he's left for this, and then they try to convince him to stay, and I guess my guess is that he does. But um, exposition, like you wouldn't believe in this airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything had to be explained since the last – no, that – Everything doesn't have to be explained. Just have a really interesting half an hour with this character that we already love and make it smart. It's not. It's not smart. It's, it's, it's like the Big Bang Theory. It's, it's people using big words but still in the same old sitcom bullshit way. Well, you know? especially in, in, in hearing you say that too – with it being available only on Paramount Plus, I believe. Yeah, I had Showtime, and I guess somehow Showtime became Paramount Plus, so, so I had it. So the thing that I think's ridiculous about that right there is that you, the people that are going to f- look for the show are going to seek it out. They're going to remember yeah. some of those plot lines. It's not like it's just regular broadcast TV right. anymore or cable, where right. somebody like does, you don't need to explain those things. I just anymore. don't think that I don't think you need laugh tracks anymore. Haven't people moved beyond that? I mean, honestly, the, the only thing looking back at Seinfeld that's like, yeah. is the laugh track. Yeah. And, and we've seen so many examples. It's always Sonny being, you know, curb your enthusiasm. It doesn't have a laugh track. Louis. Louis. Yeah. I mean, it should, Frazier should have been done in that style. So I have a question as we wrap here. Yeah. Um, so obviously you put in your top four there, Poseidon Adventure, The Well, whale, I, didn't know that. I didn't know that I put the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, I'm not going to make the argument that Poseidon Adventure is one of the four best films ever made. I'm not making that argument. Where does, That's a personal one for me. Where does Transformers Revenge of the Fallen fall in that? If I ever see it in my life, and the only chance is I have a two-year-old grandson that somehow I would be babysitting <laughs> in the next few years, and I would see Obviously it. Obviously a 10 out of 10, right? I, I, my guess would be, um, it, look, if it's wall-to-wall CGI that my brain finds... <laughs> withering and tiring then yes 10 out of 10 that's what i look for for my movies ttfn (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine podcast. Remember, you can hear the show from 4 to 7 on 95.5 WSB and follow the doctrine on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter for even more content.